Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. It's, What's going on, John? I casually say I'm here in Brooklyn, even though all the images I've seen of Brooklyn look like Mad Max or Blade Runner. <laughs> it looked or, like uh, the or a or a Michael Bay or a Michael Bay movie. And I, I love the, the fact with the that lighting. All the New York people were like, oh my God, the world's ending. And all the people in California decided that was their time to get smug to go, our weather always looks like this. <laughs> and it's like, wait, wait a minute. That's not a thing to be proud of. That there's yeah, always you smog in the air. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. are you bragging about this? It's like, oh, Grand. New Yorkers, they're always complaining about stuff. Ooh, they don't understand poor air quality. And it's like, yeah. what are we doing? <laughs> it was Crap. like a reverse, it was like a reverse COVID situation. I was I was walking outside with a mask and taking it off inside. Well, obviously, it's fine because you can hear all the birds in the background. <laughs> so, obviously, the dust didn't kill the, the wildlife, so we're fine. No, it was, look, it was two days, and it was not even the full days. It was, like, a couple hours. It was, like, not a couple hours. Like, it was it was a decent amount of time for those two days. Like, it was funny. Brittany sent me a message. She's like, how are you doing with the air quality? I'm like, what are you talking about? And then literally an hour later, we walk outside, and we're like, it's orange. The weather is sepia. Like, oh, cool. That's fun. So it was interesting. It was it was a little alarming and didn't feel good being out there, which was interesting that Fox News hosts were like, go out there, breathe the air. <laughs> Fucking morons. Um, I, I thought yeah, Fox News was fixed once they got rid of what's his name. They didn't turn back to talking, fair and balanced news. <laughs> no, nah, man, they still got they still got all the other clowns. They got, uh, you know, it's that 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 place is not going to be fixed. And that's the end of the sentence. Oh, so, <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, but the, obviously the wildfires, things are on fire. But before we get into news, look, I got to ask you a question. Is there anything more irritating than when somebody tells you to relax? But like, my favorite thing to do, relax. I just told you, relax. I know. That's July. why I was asking the question. It's not, even, but you, this is, this Does was more of like a fun. Does it make you not relax? <laughs> No, it, it, I mean, that that case, it was funny because obviously we were just kind of messing around, but sometimes you end up in a a confrontation, so to speak, right? Not a, not a war of words, but you may be slighted. You may actually be relaxed. What's worse? And you just, and you just need to talk to somebody and say, hey, man, can you like fix your shit? And then they say, relax. What's and then worse, like, though? Is it relax? Or calm down. Oh, they're the same. They're equally irritating worse? because both of no, them. One's worse, the problem though. is, well, <laughs> one's well worse. let me, I, I need to explain. But basically, the reason why it, it you know exactly, the reason is obvious why it's so irritating to say that to somebody. Because no matter how relaxed you actually are, you cannot convey the fact that you are actually relaxed and or calm in that situation. It's like, dude, I am literally calm and speaking in a measured voice and you're telling me to relax like that to me is the most condescending irritating shit and i think violence is the solution what do you think your thoughts but (laughs) but but on the other end even if you're not let's say you're wildly uncontrollable filled with rage yeah and someone says calm down or relax they don't they they never just go oh yeah you're right you're right i've I've, I've gone too far all right i'm calm I'm good. Let me, nor- let me go back normally, to the relaxation breathing exercises. Yes. Here we go. It yeah. normally makes it worse. It normally flares up even more. Of what do you mean? Calm down. <laughs> it goes even worse. Right, especially especially when the person in the wrong is the one doing that. It's like you have the tools to end this. 
you know? Let me give you a situation. Let me give you the most free. Well, first of all, actually, let me ask you the question. Because I, I think relax and calm down are equal. Which one is worse? Calm down is worse to me. Because mm-hmm. you can never say, you can say relax in a funny way. Like I just did. Relax, relax, buddy. Relax. It's good. Re- relax, I got it. Right? You can do that. Calm down is always done in a condescending, I am of better emotional state than you. Calm down, sir. Sir, can you calm down, please? You can never say calm down in a fun way. But relax, you can spell it out. There's all sorts of fun things you can do with relax. But calm down is worse to me by far. If someone, if you're at a store and you're upset because the person across, you know, you're trying to return something or there's something broken with your thing or you've been trying to reach them on on a phone. So you go into the store and go, I've been trying to call you for hours and you haven't responded. Sir, sir, can you just calm down, please? That to me is an immediate trigger. And maybe it's a minority yeah. thing because I feel like that's something that white people say to black people. <laughs> so, mm. sir, can you just calm down, sir? Sir, can you just please just calm down, sir? Where, where relax is a bit more, it's a bit more aggressive, but I feel like I can take it. But someone goes, well, just rela- relax, relax, relax. I got you. I'll take care of you. Then you're like, okay, cool. This guy's on my level. He understands there's a problem. But calm down, sir, comes from a line of authority that I do not appreciate. Fair enough. Let me give you a situation. <laughs> this is the most recent, recent point where someone told me to relax. This is a couple months ago. Um, it was at, as most of these stories end up, it's hockey related. We were, um, this is before a game, all right? I get dressed in a, I, I started paying for uh, this locker room, right? Which actually needs a code to get in. Now everybody knows the code, but there's still a certain respect where it's like, look, there's a limit to who's allowed up in this place and who's not, right? In this locker room. Sure. So, after a certain scrimmage that happens every Saturday night, I'm like being really specific with these details, but that's okay. No one listens to this. So in, uh, <laughs> after a certain scrimmage happens, all of these guys end up drinking in this locker room. It is worth noting that in Chelsea Piers, there's a whole lobby with tables that doesn't smell like locker room. But for whatever reason, these guys love to drink in this kind of, we'll just call it exclusive locker room, because I guess in a way it is compared to the others. Right. And these guys basically take over the whole locker room. They bring all their gear up there and they throw it and they fill it up. Right. So I'm getting there. I got to skate. And there are just bags everywhere. Just and these guys, this place is packed with people and I need to start getting dressed. So I need to get my bag. So I ask. And there's a bag clearly blocking my locker. So I say, whose bag is this? I announced it. Everybody looks at me. Nobody says anything. And then I proceed to move the bag. Hockey bags are heavy, right? Pick it up, kind of toss it. Nothing fragile in a hockey bag. Who gives a shit? It's in the way anyway. You shouldn't be here. And then somebody all of a sudden jumps out of the room. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? Throwing my bag around. I was like, it's in the way. I need to move it so I can get to my locker. And he's like, hey, relax, man. You can relax. To which, you know, you can't get out of that situation because I was very relaxed. I was very calm. Well, All I did was move it. I was like, I'll tell you where you messed up. And I said, I, I rela- I'm relaxed. He's like, well, just relax. <laughs> and then that proceeded to go until it just died down. Everybody's there. And it's like, and then I was like surrounded by like two or three guys who were just like, yeah, man, what the hell? <laughs> like, whatever, man. And I just proceeded to just. <laughs> Shut down, get dressed, and go along with my way. 
be on my way. Yeah. That was the your part mis- that, that like infuriated me. <laughs> your mistake in the first place yeah. was asking whose bag is this? Shouldn't have asked. Should have just started moving. Go, hey. Well, the same shit would have happened. No, I mean, to a degree. I mean, they probably weren't even really paying attention. I just would have moved it out of the way. If he would have said, hey, hey, buddy, why are you moving my bag? I just go, hey, it's in front of my stuff. Relax, man, relax. I'm just moving it out of the way. And so you're saying I should have said the, relax. Yes. I should have let him be the aggressor. Head. Yes. See? But in a way, he was the up. aggressor. I didn't do shit. The guy was in the way. Well, you were the aggressor by asking whose bag it's this. Because no, I was I being polite say. by asking whose bag it was. Oh, See, those yeah, motherfuckers weren't even supposed to be up there. <laughs> hey, All right? hey, relax, relax. Get off my lawn <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Relax, relax. No, look, I, I mean, to me, that's that's. But you know what's talking. worse is like this is like a twenty. This is like a. I, I am a man of a certain age, right? And this, <laughs> these are also the moments that reinforce the fact that we are getting old because we. this d bag, we, we, <laughs> you and I, all right, because you could have been in the exact. No, you wouldn't have been because you're like a foot taller one. than me. No, that guy would have said shit. He'd be like, "Yes, sir, right away." I'm sorry. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah so I apologize. He would have told, told me no. to calm down. So, so just yeah. calm down. Calm down. I don't want any problems. No, just calm he down. Would, <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, I'm calm. I'm calm. Why don't you come over here? See how calm I am. So, <laughs> they, <laughs> so, so like this kid was probably, and I'm calling him a kid. This, this is the problem, right? Because he's probably like in his early 20s. <laughs> he's probably like a 23-year-old, 24-year-old kid. And here he is telling me a 35-year-old man to calm, to relax. Yeah. Fuck see, you, you, man. Yeah. <laughs> He treated you like an old man. That's the problem. That's why you hate it when you're. I hate it. I hate it. And you know what? Now I'm not calm. Now I'm mad. (laughs) In the moment, very calm. Thinking about it, ooh, ooh. (laughs) See, it made you. He got me. Relax. (laughs) Relax. What do you do? So look, I get. What do you do? I wouldn't have, especially if you're looking around and you're seeing what the possibilities are, and it's. It was just me. It was just me. Like I was doing a skate, and there was other people who were supposed to be there at that time. None of them were there yet. Yeah. So just you should have just moved his bag out of the way of your locker, and so when he comes by, you just go, "Hey, man, I'm just getting in my locker. Hey, just just relax. It's all good. I'm just moving out the way. No, no harm, no foul. That's that's how you do it. And then he would have walked away. But because you asked first, and no one decides to, oh, whatever. This old man's asking questions. I don't have to answer his old man questions. And then you started moving stuff around, probably in a bit more. It probably made a sound, right? When you moved the bag, like you could hear yeah, stuff. Yeah, Of course, absolutely, you can hear it. Yeah, yeah. Where before, yeah. So next time, you just do. When you get older, you don't ask. You just do. And then when people come by, you can tell them to relax. God, you know <laughs> that's you know how what's you also, do it. You know what else? You know what else is worse in that situation? And you know the exact fucking people I'm talking about, right? You know exactly who was in that locker room. You're visualizing it to a T, right? <laughs> you know what they, you know what they look like. Don't you go ahead. Describe at least a couple of them. I mean, I mean, they look like you 10 years ago. No, 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 no. Because, no. you know, you know, I wasn't that fit. I wasn't tall. No. My hair wasn't good. You know, that's the difference, right? And yeah, so that's the, why for, for me, this is never a problem. Because you just walk in there and just go, I'm moving your stuff. Yeah, oh, just, but these just guys, it was down. like it was like the look. It was just like a bunch of people looking. Like I'm the crazy yeah. guy. It's like mother. Like I just. Oh my god! It was everything. <laughs> just a big pile on. So yeah, the next time you tell somebody relax, think about how it makes them feel. Well, now now I'm going to remember this. Now now when we travel in a couple of weeks, anytime something comes, I'm going to go relax, relax. But we'll pa- <laughs> but it's like but that point that point it's like a parody of it because it's you know it's like when you reverse. Uh, it's like now, now when, um, have you seen the shirt? It's like somebody, it, it, what was it? Pride month. Yeah. 
So it's like, let me see if I can find this shirt. I'm going to find this shirt. Um, and you're going to see what I mean. It's basically like this that became a, somebody posted something like super legitimately and sincerely that was homophobic and was just like, this is what pride month is like trying to say that it's satanic. And basically I just sent you the picture and what it is, is it's basically says pride month and then it isolates the word demon. Yeah. (laughs) And then basically the whole LGBTQ plus community took this and owned it. And now they're like printing shirts. And I already met a guy who was wearing this shirt. So it basically is, becomes like that. Like that that's this is funny. Around. There's a there's a there's a paragraph here as I just scrolled down. People who identify as LGBTQ plus joked about it proudly, putting the demon back in Pride Month. Tweak versions parodying the graphic were reshared across social media. In one version, the word pride was repeated until it turned into Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it'll be like, it'll be like that. It'll be like that. Yeah. You know. So anyway. It was just a little yeah. bit of a tangent. Well, yeah, yeah. No, anyways, that's that's good to know. That's one of your that's one of your triggers. That's good to know. That's unfortunate. Put that, in your, know that. in your dating profile. Dislikes Don't. people who tell me to relax. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. I am relaxed. I'm calm. Stop telling again, me to calm it's down. like <laughs> it's one of those I like it's one of the few things that I could think about where it's impossible to convince somebody. Like, can you think of another scenario that you can't that it no matter what you do, the thing that they're you're they're asking you to do is impossible for you to convince them at that, that moment. Do. No, that's the one. Like, yeah, relax, calm down. Like anytime you anytime you do that, it just makes it worse. Like I've never seen someone be like, just calm, just calm down. And they just go, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I just need to calm down. Unless you're like, unless it's a friend and they're doing it to you quietly. Where like you're real upset. And they pull yeah, you but away. That's the difference. I'm talking about like a situation, and, puffing, and it's like a one-on-one situation. You're like, hey, hey, man, you're good. You're good. Calm down. Calm down. You're good. You're good. Yeah, but if that's and a situation then, where like, you're, okay, cool. it's fine. Where you're not calm. What I'm talking yes. about is a situation where you actually are in are a state. Calm. Like, what else is can you relate this to? Where you are in a state that somebody is antagonizing you of not being in when you are actually in that state in that moment. There's nothing. I mean, you that's, do. that's that's a losing battle, right? That's that's they're like just, they're verbal, just fucking with you at that point. They're just well, that's they're verbal just, gaslighting. Yeah. It's like telling you that you are something that you're very clearly not. So you start to become that thing, right? Because normally, if someone's calm and you're like at a store, and you're like, "Hey, you know, I'm having a real issue," and they go, "Oh, whoa, 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 calm down, calm down." You're like, "Calm down? What do you mean, calm down? I am." Calm. And then next thing you know, they're like, "Well, see, you're not calm." They right. totally gaslight you into not being calm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I know the word gaslighting gets used for everything but this is a perfect example where it's like it actually is it's telling you that you are something that you're very clearly not so you become that thing anyways yeah it's true. deep it's deep real deep real deep <laughs> I, I feel like it's something out of the uh out of the current united states political playbook oh absolutely absolutely all these angry women angry people angry women and then what happens? You get a bunch of angry women. <laughs> so like you keep calling people angry. Eventually, they're going to be angry, right? That's how it works. Yeah. You keep calling me angry. Yeah. You're going to see angry. And that's what happens. <laughs> so, Yeah, absolutely. Well, anyway, I would. Uh, I do want to talk about this as well. One more thing before we get into the news. This week, um, I've been, this week was like one of the, one of the wildest weeks I've had in a while, in a long time, 
because just in general or like just in everything. general, it's been like yeah. one of the busiest, just like completely exhausting because this week was the Tribeca festival. It was the start of the Tribeca festival. Ooh. And one of the games that we're releasing, it's actually coming out next week. Uh, Pixel rip 1978 is actually on display at the Tribeca festival. And I want to talk about this briefly because it's just interesting. Like the whole experience that it's been. And there's just been some fun little anecdotes that have happened over the last few days. So basically, this is a game that I'm a producer on. And the team at Arvory, the developer, they're the ones who did the submission and they they got it into the, the festival. But we're in New York and we're the publisher. And we've been basically tasked with creating this, uh, creating the whole set design for this thing and we basically designed this thing like for so i should say i shouldn't say we uh my boss actually designed the thing and it was on me to help execute and arrange a few of these things so did a lot of firsts that i've never done before which was like arranging props to be delivered i actually went to a prop shop last week and saw how that works never oh, wow. never been there before um you know coordinating various tasks for physical displays which i've never done so that was kind of cool and miraculously it actually all uh, came together pretty well so we set up this thing basically the set is this like fake credenza I, no it's like a rent a credenza and then we put a crt tv on top put an atari 2600 on top and uh like surround it with a bunch of atari games um printed a bunch of posters from the game both like concept art and then representations of the games that are in the game and it actually ended up really cool, but the basically, but the only thing we really had, we had the general idea and everything was meant to come together over this week. So we were able to arrange the props and that stuff ahead of time, but there was a lot of content that we didn't have, such as all the cartridges, the games and the, uh, and the, uh, TV for the set dressing. So basically Monday, probably one of the more fun days. I mean, I love my job. It's great. But Monday was one of it was like a very memorable day as we hit every uh, vintage game store, retro game store in Manhattan to basically buy all the Atari 2600 boxes we could find. <laughs> Met some really interesting characters along the way. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, like, especially you're, you're looking for that. You're getting a real mix of some, you know, old school, you know, collectors and people who have this as like memories and they collect Atari stuff. It seems like a very weird a very interesting rather cross section of people that you'd come across doing that. Oh yeah. Shout out, shout out to Marcus at eight bitten up who was basically telling us all of, he was, he was talking some smack about a few of the other places in town, but he also had a hell of a selection of stuff for us to, uh, to get. So helped us fill out our cabinet nicely. And this guy had like these fighting games. He was like working on all these fighting game, fighting, uh, fighting game machines that were like, so you saw like these half built ones that he was working on and telling us all the history. Like, it's crazy how passionate some people are about fighting games and the hardware and that whole oh, 100%. community. Yeah, that's a whole. It's basically a sport. Yeah. Like fighting it games is. is the closest actual video game to a sport. To me, personally, it, it's, it's the original esport. Yeah. Because people yeah. used to get together to play fighting games. All I mean, you know, Smash Brothers is kind of what it, you know, Super Smash Brothers is what it turned into, I would say, kind of at the mainstream level where people started getting together back in 2003, 2004 to like hold tournaments and do this stuff. Like it was like bringing land party culture to video games. And it was always with the fighting games. That's always where it started with street fighter, mortal Kombat, Tekken, 
all those games always brought in, hey, we're going to get people together and run a tournament. The the old X-Men arcade game that I used to play after hockey. Yeah. <laughs> every hockey rink had that X-Men versus Marvel video, Um, you know, the the arcade game. Mm-hmm. Every single rink in Michigan had that game. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so now after that, every um... single game or before every single game, you get there early. You're like, all right, I'm just going to go get five bucks and quarters and just, you know, ask your dad for five bucks and quarters and go throw them into this machine. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And now that another Street Fighter six is out, like it's even it's it's surging even more because that game is like one of the best reviewed games of the year. Yeah. Like. It's crazy shit. So there's um, so there's that. Then the next day, like, so we got all these games. And the next day, we had to uh, we basically had everything except for the CRT TV. So we went looking for that. Um, or no, oh no, that was Monday. So Monday we got that too, but we didn't know. Oh no, that was Tuesday. Tuesday. So Tuesday we started loading things in. Um, got a. We had to basically bring everything. They gave us two walls, and that was it. Everything else we had to sort ourselves. And the um, getting the CRT was interesting because I was like, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm like, walk down Canal Street. I saw some post on Facebook that said, yeah, they got a shop on Canal Street. So I'm like, yeah, I'll walk down Canal Street, like find a thrift store or something that's bound to have some TVs. We found this guy who had a store on Canal Street in the Lower East Side that just restored all of this retro, all these uh, all these old electronics. So CRTs, we got like this wood paneled Panasonic CRT TV. Um, he gave us like the conversion to go from HDMI to coaxial. So we're like running this loop of video from the game. So it looks like it's running on a, uh, on a CRT TV. It looks awesome. And this guy even has like all these old cameras, uh, Palm pilots, um, typewriters, you name it. This dude has it. And he's like super passionate. We go in the first time. This guy named Frank worked beyond the, he was beyond the register. And he's like, and we're like, <laughs> my boss asked me, he's like, Hey, uh, these TVs, uh, you got you got CRT TVs? He's like, yes. It's like, do they work? He's like, I don't sell broken products. <laughs> so, so got us a got us a good TV. Did that. Only thing remaining on Wednesday was a rug. Got that rug, brought it in, laid it out, stuck it down, and off to the races. Had to. Uh, the hardest thing about this though, because this game is a VR game, and we demoed the same game at GDC, and I was actually doing it for the three days on the floor, and. It was on PSVR 2, and I was able to see what people were doing because we were mirroring the display at the booth. This is at the Unity booth. This one, though, is like really fascinating because although we made the game a lot easier for people to finish, there's no mirroring of the screen. It's just people on the quest, untethered on the chair, and having to figure out how to tell people to play how to play a VR game. Oh, so you can't actually see it from the outside. Yeah, you can't see Uh, it. And a group of people who are not really a game crowd, like we are the... I think one of maybe two games in the actual VR and immersive space. The rest are like these experiences. So one of them is straight up just a 30 minute movie. I'm like, all right, cool. 30 minute movie VR. The panel is there for three hours. That seems kind of rude, but fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting experience. That's been my week from like, Monday to Friday to Thursday, setting the stuff up, and it's things that have been in the in the works for about maybe a month and a half, two months now. So now it's still going. It's at Tribeca. It's there for another week, and yeah, it's just been a really unique experience that I felt like talking about because yeah, cool. first time going to Tribeca, first time being a part of it, and um, yeah, it's it's very interesting, and the crowd is 
very interesting as well. Not my kind of people, <laughs> but shout out to the, I mean, that, the support staff and that stuff. They've been like super helpful. And it's been awesome. I mean, that's the cool for anyone who's, who's like, oh yeah, every time I listen to this podcast, I hear a bunch of stories about New York because of you. Yeah. This, this is why New York is cool though, as a city. Because again, you can you can spin. You've been there for how long in living in what you would consider New York City, at least a decade, yep. right? If not longer, at this point. Uh, it's been it'll it's been like thirteen years now. Yeah, so thirteen yeah, started, years living I in the city. Started living here in twenty ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you'll still come across interesting things and people that you've never done before, because yeah. there's always something to do. There's always something going on, and those things again. You can be in New York for the next forty years of your life. And you'll go to something for the first time that's been going on for a hundred years that you're like, oh yeah, I always knew about this thing, but I never went into it. When I go into it, you meet all these interesting people and it's a total different crowd. And you know, you can go on these little quests in New York to find things that you cannot do in any other place in the world, except for maybe another city like, you know, Tokyo. But again, that's very uniquely Japanese, right? I'd argue New York is kind of everything. It's everybody. You can find a Frank. <laughs> you can find, yeah. you know, you can find these different cross sections of people out of all of the major metropolitan cities in the world. New York has to be the the, the most diverse, the most diverse of all of them, right? It has to be. Yeah. 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 It's so a, cool. um, yeah. The, the density and the stuff and the and the amount of things that happen, like things could just be hidden. There's literally things that are designed to be hidden. Yeah. And yeah. it's really, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, it's fortunate that I that we have these passes because holy shit, the lines to get into some of these places is stupid. <laughs> like it's it's crazy. I I'm like looking at the list though of the Tribeca stuff. My like, cool. I respect it. All these artistic things, but I'm looking at the list of movies and things to watch. And I'm like, do I want to actually go to any of these things? Yeah. And I'm just like, no, I don't think so. I yeah. might go to the Pod Save America show. I might try to get into that on Monday. But otherwise, oh, that's going to be, I mean, look, I mean, we've not talked about news to me just from the outside looking in. It's a heck of a news week. You got, oh, yeah, you know, big, big tech releases. You've got major political news. You've got, you know, weather events and climate change. To me, this was like one of the peak news cycles. I mean, you got big financial. There's just news all over the place to talk about. It's crazy. This was one of the busiest weeks I think I've seen. And sometimes I think this is just a product of like people getting ready to go on summer vacation. So they do a bunch of stuff like, you know, right. as like basically high school is ending and kids are about to go to camp. <laughs> it's like, all right, before we all disappear for three months, let's throw a bunch of stuff out there and then we'll go off and then we'll come back in August. Let's, that, let's set the, like let's say, let's set Quebec on fire. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, let's do all this stuff and then just, what? and then we'll, yeah, and then we'll come back it. to it in August. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah, let's, let's light Quebec on fire and then have a giant storm front or a, you know, whatever, a low pressure pocket push all the weather down into the East Coast and Midwest of the US. Let's do that. <laughs> let's do it now so we don't have to deal with it in July. Yep. It's conspiracy. But yeah, anyways, sure. there's a lot of, there's a lot of news that, again. So I like, there's a couple of things yeah. to talk about. Let's go down the list. Let's go down yeah. the list. Of stuff. Down the I, list. I know a lot, a lot of stuff going down. So why don't you go down the list and let's go through the stuff that you want to talk about. Okay. Um, because yeah, and I'll, I'll follow your lead here. Cause there's, so, there's also so one browsing, thing I want to talk about. So yeah, so this is, we'll, we'll switch the normal format. <laughs> yeah. So I guess for me, the three stories that I'd like to talk. Cause about. everything, oh, the other thing is the other fun part about you presenting this to me is all of it is, is like American news. <laughs> yes. Well, all of it, so except that makes for it fun. Beca- 
because it's your talking, right? I always end up. This is the uh, to give you a little behind the scenes on what happens on the podcast. While you're normally talking, I'm going through my news for the week. <laughs> So mm-hmm. I just happened to end up on Stuff, which is New Zealand's greatest <laughs> news source. It's a website yeah, it's called great. Stuff. Mm-hmm. And I see this this Piers Morgan thing pop up because he's British and you get a bunch of British news here. So I thought that could be guy. fun to break it up. So that way it's not just old news. Um, about So there's there's OnlyFans. We can do that. There's obviously the, the Trump news, the Trump indictment, which could be pushed into reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. Although I'd, I'd argue this is just a news event regardless yeah. of where you sit politically. Mm-hmm. And the Apple VR thing I'd like to talk about. Apple's Oh, good. That was the thing I wanted their, to talk about. Yeah. So those are the three topics, I think, before. And I've got a bunch of media stuff as well. All right. Um, so, yeah. So those are my three topics. And I think it's well, a that's mixture it. of serious news and ridiculousness. Well, that's a good order because we could do the silly. Then we do okay. the reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. Then we roll Apple Vision into, uh, into media therapy. Let's do that. All right, let's do it. So I'll, I'll I'll read this again. You might have to find a Trump news story because there's so much of it. Yeah, I'll um, find it somewhere. I'll, but I'll read this news story. So I just saw this on stuff. So it's not something that I've researched or put any effort into it. I just saw it, and some of it's because my first question is: Pierce Morgan is still a thing? <laughs> I, I, th- I thought he was done. I thought they got oh, rid guy, of him when he was that guy. When he was running away. off sets and stuff. No, and and in general, uh, so yeah. So I'll, I'll read the read the article. How top OnlyFans star Ellie Brooke responded when Pierce Morgan questioned her life choices. They can cry in a Ferrari, was her response to him. <laughs> OnlyFans star L. Brooke, I think it's L. Brooke, Ellie Brooke, one of those names, L. who says she earns among the top 0.01% of creators on the adult website, has clapped back at TV host Piers Morgan for suggesting her unborn children might be embarrassed by her line of work. Brooke appeared on Piers Morgan Uncensored to discuss whether sex work like OnlyFans could also be considered act of feminism. Brooke said she dropped studying to be a lawyer at University of England after learning she could earn serious money on OnlyFans. She claims to earn six, seven, six to seven figures a month by posting videos on the platform. I dropped out to do OnlyFans because I was making a lot of money. Turns out I'm pretty good at getting my clothes off and I was like, this is a career for me, she told Morgan. I have nothing against you, he responded. That's a lie. <laughs> I'm not taking a moral view here. I'm just disappointed. Someone like you has a great brain, trained to be a law student at university, decides to pack it all in to take your clothes off for perfect strangers on OnlyFans. Why? I wouldn't have made loads of money as a solicitor anyway. So for those of you who don't know, solicitor is what you call lawyer in the UK. I would have earned money, yes, but I earned that in two weeks now, she said before asking Morgan, how much do you make? Maybe double that. Morgan then asked her what her family thought of her profession. They must be incredibly disappointed you backed out of a potential really successful career as a lawyer to do this, he said. And her response was, my dad is dead. And my mom is on the payroll. My family is fine, she replied. <laughs> Morgan then asked Brooke how she thinks her children, which she does not have, would react to her career. Are you going to be proud? Are, uh, how, are you going to be proud you have your little ones? And they go, didn't you want to be a lawyer, mommy? What happened? And you go, yeah, but look at all my stuff. And her reply was, they can cry in a Ferrari. <laughs> so I think that's probably a good place to, to stop there. It's perfect. Um, do you have any thoughts here? And, and some of this is my general unknowing of, I know what OnlyFans is, obviously, but I didn't realize that you could make seven figures a month. <laughs> that was new to me. A million dollars a month. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're one of the top, right? Like it's the same way people make could make millions on Twitch, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess on and any there's platform, probably right? There might well, be alternate... So- there might be alternative ways that you can make money on OnlyFans. It's like, it's the same way that I have a 
subscription to various podcasts on Patreon, right? Okay. So you pay for and the, so you basically pay, do you pay to get the episodes or do you yeah, pay exactly. to like so support? I pay, okay, yeah. yeah. So I pay monthly and then I get an RSS feed that gives me, a, that gives me the episodes of the podcast without ads. That's it. Right. But even if I pay for those and don't and remove ads and OnlyFans is kind of similar that way, right? You're subscribing. It's obviously yes. the content I, is different. Where, I always thought it was then, Patreon for adult content was the way I was told it was. Totally. Yeah. yeah and you can, right. and honestly, you could have adult content on Patreon. So I don't know. It seems a little redundant, but who knows? Whatever. People show up I and guess, know what they're yeah, getting. Better, yeah. better metric somewhere that someone decides yeah. this is where I want to put my content. Instead maybe of Patreon, it's, right? There's maybe it's more discreet. I don't know. So don't if you go, but similarly, these people might have sponsored content that they put on Patreon. So even if there's no explicit ads recorded, they might do something that's sponsored by somebody else. So it's like an unobtrusive ad that's sponsored. So she might make as much, not just from the OnlyFans money, but also from additional money that she's getting. Also, what I, I just looked up because I don't know who she is. I don't know who she is up, either. That, that's why this was interesting because it just popped up and I was like, I have no idea who, the, who she is. But yeah, obviously, she, but she also she's has, got enough fans to make a million dollars a month, right? Yeah, but At she least. also has 759,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah, so she so, must be a huge star in the UK for this. So the moment she advertises yeah. something there, she can also do. Uh, she could also make some more money. But yeah, that's uh, that's some crazy shit. I mean, look good for her, right? If you got I the mean, means. That's, I mean, this is. I've always been in. Like, I'm always curious about how other people are so like they always ask like what are your kids gonna think with how you make specifically sex work I'm assuming right there's like this inherent like shouldn't you be ashamed of this and I'd argue there's a, probably a lot of careers that you could be pretty like I said you can be pretty unhappy with or you know hey your kid comes ask you oh dad, dad how do you you know do you feel like you added great you know, societal change and that, you know, you're proud of the job that you did working for the U.S. government to like, I mean, again, everything has its, you know, like I could say that about being in the military. How do you feel about killing all these innocent brown people in the Middle East? Right. Like it's that's such a non nuanced take of just well, what, do you, what are your kids going to think? And I'm just like, I don't think like what's any different from her doing this versus any of the other jobs that you can argue you know, have moments where you're like, hmm, is this, you know, is there a moral conundrum? Is there a fit? Like, how do I actually feel about this? I would argue the reason why OnlyFans has become so popular with the people creating the content is because they actually have control over this themselves. It's the same with every single industry that's been disrupted, isn't it? Like controlling your own content and being able to decide what you show people Instead of having, I'd argue, you know, some other adult entertainment company who completely controls what you can and cannot release and they control how much you need to work. And then they, you know, that they control the revenue streams and you're constantly negotiating and dealing and you're putting yourself at harm's way in harm's way with how you're doing this. I mean, she's she's probably has complete control over everything she's doing. So how is this not a better and, and she's making more money in it? So, like, are you just mad for the fact that she's not, that she's actually really happy with what she's doing? Like, that's what I don't get with this. I'm like, she's made, someone's paying her money. And if you don't like it, don't pay her. Yeah. They're, well, this comes down to like, um, what is it, like the Puritan kind of look at things? Yeah. It's a, and it's a, what the US government or what the US was founded on, really, it's the shame. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of that stems from Britain to begin with. Yeah. It's like any other sort of commodity, right? If you have a, 
good or service to sell, people will buy it. And good for you if you have the means to do that with, you know, if you're a beautiful person and are able to yeah, sell that I can't to a mass amount of people. It's like good for you. Pierce, Pierce Morgan is a is a troll. So he can't yes. do it. No. <laughs> Not a troll in the sense of um, you know, he talks shit like Trump's a troll, but I mean, well, they both are trolls in the physical sense, but that's what I mean. I mean, tro- phys- Pierce Morgan looks like a troll. So therefore, I mean, but he can't, in, in general, can't most get... old men, you kind of turn into a troll. Yeah. Like you're you not look, able you to look kind of ghoulish. Yeah. 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 And the, and the British age kind of poorly. So that doesn't they do. So anyway, but yeah, so he's probably bummed about that because he's a, he's an ugly looking man. And, uh, he's there. So there might be a little bit of jealousy. A little bit of jealousy, and then there this might young be, woman, um, right? This yeah. young woman who's who's you know probably young enough to be your daughter, or maybe even your granddaughter, comes in here and goes, "How much you make a year? Yeah, double that. That's what I'm pulling." You're gonna be a little jealous. You're gonna be a lot of jealous when she comes in here and goes, and and you know, in your mind, you're going, "Well, what exactly? What skills do you have? What are you doing? You're just taking off your clothes. I don't understand." And she's sitting here going. Sorry, but that's how it works. This is the game now. Like I don't like I don't know what you. It's always been the game, really. But like, what is he expecting for her to be like? Oh, you're right. I, you know, I, you know, he's going. I don't work. You know, you don't work as hard as other people. Just think about all the work you could have done being a lawyer. And she goes, Yeah, I could have done a lot of that hard work, but I still work hard now. But I'm making oh totally x. You know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times multiple what I've made. What I would have made as a lawyer, plus been in a bunch of student loan debt. So for her. It's a smart financial decision. Yeah, it's it's very strange. The um, the the other thing is that well, no, it's not strange. I mean, I get it. There's also the Puritan, um, that kind of Puritan thought, like we come from, and that's also where Americans' prudishness or history yes. of Puritanism comes from is from Europe, explicitly from England, right? So yes. yeah. that is a part of it as well. So there's immediate reaction that sex work is, which I guess that which this would technically fall under the umbrella. It is. Of. Yes, yep. it it's not explicitly prostitution. It's nothing like that, but that is still adjacent. Where the idea of selling your body in any way is deemed to be taboo and problematic. When yeah. why it's up to people to do it. I mean, you could say, oh, you're taking advantage of lonely susceptible susceptible men it's like all right well so what so does every other so what in the world. I, I was, was going to say like takes how many advantage. other companies every product take advantage. takes yeah takes exactly. advantage of people's mental yes whatever you know that's marketing it's like really. it taps into it yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so that's, that's the game you know, good for her and if pierce morgan wants to uh you know be jealous of her and say what were your children think it's like who cares that's Again, up to her to decide with her like, kids if she has them yeah, and my thing is like that's such a personal question to ask anybody because some people yeah. might have kids and decide I don't want to do this anymore, right? Like, do you think their, Pierce their Morgan might change? Yeah. Do you think Pierce Morgan asked bankers like, hey, what did you, what did you, or like you know yeah. ask ask people in? Um, there are companies right that it, are created by by the very rich people, like the richest of the rich people that hire. Like dozens, if not a hundred people, strictly to invest their own money and grow their own funds. Yes. They don't make a product. Their whole job is to is to play the market to grow the money of a very rich person. 
that's you can argue this is the, this is the core of every cryptocurrency ever made. You that's like a hedge. That, right? So like a you know, it's yeah, a hedge fund, it's like a fun, it's, it's hedge fund sort of monetary like, instrument. Like any monetary pure, instrument, where you're like, what do you do? And it's like we make yeah. more money. That's the that's what yeah. our business does. Our business makes money. Yeah, is Pierce Morgan <laughs> ask those people? Because I would say that's more fucked up than than what she's doing. And again, for, for me, the fact that she's able to do this, it's not that she's being exploited. It's not that she's being trafficked. It's not that she's making money, but this is coming to an overall harm to her in 10, 15 years. She's kind of openly telling you, I have complete control over everything that I'm doing. And if I want to stop, yeah. I can. And I'm t- putting this into, like, later in the interview, she talks about how she's she's doing bo- she's doing all these influencer things now, right? So she's like, this turned, this was my gateway into becoming an influencer. I'm more than just a sex worker even though that's what I'm probably most famously known for of making the most amount of my money. But she has turned this into a business. She's turned herself into a business. And that's something I'd argue wasn't possible before because sex work before was extremely dangerous, right? It was done by the control of men. And it it is to me, I'm like, this kind of is feminism to be honest with you. Like, sure. You think, you know, it's conflicted because you're like, well, wait a minute, you're showing off your body and taking advantage of people. That's not feminism. But like for her internally, it kind of is. It's her being able to do this in her own complete control. There's no one telling her whether or not she should or shouldn't do this. If she wants to stop OnlyFans, she'll just stop. Yeah. It's not like there's someone else controlling the content and telling her you got to get back out there because you got to make this money, right? So yeah. like, again, I, I mean, that's what I'm just like, look, I, I don't, I've never been on OnlyFans. I'm not subscribing to anybody on OnlyFans. I'm not giving any money. But Maybe I, I totally understand why this has become <laughs> the biggest platform in the world because women are able to make a bunch of money under their own terms. Why? Like, isn't that kind of what you want for like open business? If you're the everyday person, you don't want big mm-hmm. corporations controlling women, controlling men, controlling children. You kind of want them to have control of their own destiny in a way and be, to be able to do things that they can turn off at any moment that they want to turn it off. All right. So I got um, I got a list here. Top earners as of April 5th, 2023. So that was okay, a couple two months, months ago. ago. All right. So let's see. Is this in? Okay. So this is in descending order. So let's see here. Uh, I don't know if this is per year or per month. It's ludicrous. It's a lucrative side hustle. Millions of people envy and millions more indulge in OnlyFans. Stories of OnlyFans users have really shown to subscription based platform has dug people of financial holes or helped them become more confident. The ability da, 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 da. So good. Okay. So good, in fact, that some people have racked in millions of dollars per year at their peak, according to various news reports. And the top of that list was influencer Black China. That's, uh, you want to guess how that's spelled? Um, I can, I'm because I think she's a rapper. So I, I think there's a Y in China. I know that for sure. But I don't know how Black is spelled. <laughs> B-L-A-C. China okay, so spelled okay. C-H-Y-N-A. Okay. I knew there was a Y in there somewhere. Okay, so her real name is Angela White, earned an astounding. How much money do you think, that's ironic, how much money do you think she earned per year? God, I mean, if this girl's pulling six figures, let's just say mod- modestly six figures a month is what she's saying, and she's top 0.01%, I mean, I, I'm going to put I'm gonna put six million a year? She earned twenty million dollars per year on the website. <laughs> Although she's no longer on the platform, Black China's OnlyFans charged subscribers nineteen ninety nine per month before she per left. Month? Wow, that's a Netflix subscription. 
Jesus, that's crazy. That's the and again, someone yeah. is paying. Like for as much as Piers Morgan wants to sit here and blame her, there's a demand for this content that people are willing to pay for. And I don't have any problem with people willing to pay for content. That is the model that we're trying to build, isn't it? You pay for the content that you want. You're not being dictated by some television channel or by some giant conglomerate that only wants to show you things that they can make money off of. The promise of streaming and the promise of social media content was I pay for direct access to the people that I want to support directly. And I know that the majority of the money goes into their pocket. That is what the new model of the internet was supposed to be. Now, of course, with the writer strike and all these other things going on, it's been completely perverted. But I mean, would you rather pay her this or would you rather pay some some adult pornography conglomerate to abuse women in order to to get you content that you want? Or would you just rather pay back China? Hey, here's not here's 20 bucks a month. Show, show me stuff like what, what do you what would you rather have? I think yeah. the other model probably is, works better. This is saying monthly earnings. That can't be right. I'm looking at another sheet here that shows a similar thing. And that's saying this is monthly earnings. She's making 20 it's million weird. a month. I don't, that that like doesn't make sense. That's like LeBron doesn't make that Indy much 100. And then I'm looking at like best toppers. But then, then this other thing is saying, let's just assume, let's assume this is year, right? So then yeah. we got Bella Thorne, who's at $11 million. Jeez. Cardi B, who's not is there that the anymore. the bathtub girl? Bella Thorne? Was she the one that making uh, bathtub water? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, no, I don't One of these girls is selling bathtub. So. <laughs> no, Bella Thorne is a... I thought she was an actress. I have no idea. Again, I'm I'm out of the loop on this stuff. All I remember is that at some point yeah, we talked about some was. girl that was selling her bath water, and people were mad about that. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, no, that was Bella Bell. No, that was selling. Bell Delphine. <laughs> Bell Delphine. Okay, I'm I'm typing into incognito girl no, selling bath water. Yes, Bell no, Delphine. Bella, Bella Thorne is a uh, is an actress i guess she's been in okay, 115 Bell. movies or shows i guess anyway or maybe some music videos Bell, Bell anyway. delphine and again these are all people from the uk so the uk for all their repression seems to be spending a lot of money on this stuff so cardi b not there anymore but took in over nine million dollars tyga that's a dude he's also not there anymore Gutsy. but he hit seven million dollars mia khalifa um she she made she makes 6.4 million There's a lot of people that start off in pornography and become legitimate stars these days that is no Bod, longer the that's no Bod longer the Bobby? taboo who the fuck is this again these are these are some these are some generate or what is it generation z names that you're throwing out <laughs> oh this girl looks like a child i don't know about this that's questioning anyway she makes 5.2 million erica mina these are like open people i don't know any of these people but the lowest one on this list of top 10 is 2.9 million 2.9 million. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So good for them. But again, you know what? I'm not going to yeah. be like Pierce Morgan. Look, here's the thing. You, he was buddies with Trump, right? Yes. He was hanging out with that guy, right? Trump put aside all the actual crimes he may or may not have committed. The guy still Just ran casinos. The guy <laughs> yeah, still ran casinos. <laughs> and casinos are more detrimental to society than someone selling pictures of themselves on OnlyFans. Yeah. So and look, let's let's be dude, honest, right? A, you got people lots of people, lots of stars standard. selling you selling you tequila and vodka and gin or selling yeah. you cannabis or selling mm-hmm. you like again, people are selling all sorts of stuff to you. And this is, and again, you say, well, what are the kids going to think? That's up for people to parent their children on, you know, the dangers of overindulging or overspending or not being careful about anything. 
And so to mm-hmm. blame this woman or to blame OnlyFans on the downfall of society, I'm like, this is just a reflection of actually society, in my opinion, becoming more more fair and equal for the fact that she is a she was she would have not made this money 20 years ago if she wanted to work and if she wanted to be a sex worker, she wouldn't have made this much money. Yeah. Yeah. But now she True. can. And she does it in a way where there's not some pimp or some guy or some conglomerate business who controls her body and tells her what to do. So again, I'm all for it. I'm not going to give her any of my money, but good on her. <laughs> right? Like, good for her. Yeah, for real. So, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Anyways, interesting story. That po- and again, this stuff this stuff shows up on your news feed because people, you know, for as much as, as repressed as everyone is, sex sells. People read it. I clicked on it because I was like, oh, this is a good podcast story. But there's lots of people clicking on this either in disgust of, oh, I can't believe these young women are selling their bodies or, hey, this is actually interesting. Maybe I should start doing this. So, like, you know, say what you will. People click on it. It's news. Yeah. So, shall we move on? All right. So, let's talk about Apple VR and then let's let's save let's save Trump for for the for the end. Okay. Apple VR. Vision or Pro. Apple Vision is what it's called, right? Vision Pro. Vision Pro. Yeah. So I I watched, I kind of woke up early and just accidentally saw that this was going on. So I actually watched this live as it happened. Um mm-hmm. and then did some reading and saw some people like your boy, what is it? M M K M M K H K Marquez Marquez Brownlee. Yeah. Yeah, again, I, again, I'm I'm old. This this dude, you know, someone or I saw something where like this dude started as like a ten year old. Making YouTube oh, yeah. videos about he's tech. posted now, his he's original video. Com- yeah, that he's guy's. A- <laughs> did you have you have you never listened to his stuff? Or no, have- not. I mean, you said his name, and then I was like, oh yeah, I've seen him. You know, you see him around YouTube because of the algorithm shows you. You know, if you click on enough tech stuff, guy starts got showing up. Seventeen million subscribers. He's a he's a mogul. He's got his yeah, own shoes. Again, it's it's again. Why would you be mad? And specifically, I'll look at this from the perspective of an African American. Of you got a black kid who's into stuff that I would argue most African Americans don't have access to, and he starts this video as a as like a ten year old. He's on yep. YouTube doing video reviews of phones, and now look at him. He's, yeah, he's, he's a you know he's a multi millionaire with his own business, his own company, and there's no one who controls him. I just like, sent why, you. Uh... Why are you not rooting for these people to to own their own content, to run their own businesses, whether it's sex work or tech reviews? Why? Why are you trying to stifle this? So yeah. yeah. Anyways, I said I sent you um, a link to his shoes. What do you think of his shoes? Let me see. Let me see his shoes. I'm okay. not a shoe guy. I can't. Comment. They look like shoes that a tech guy would wear. Okay. He's got his own shoes. Again, he's got his own shoes because why not? I right. Also, hey, I, I, I think like he's shoes, also I like, like a. He, he's like a. He's an athlete as well. Um. Marquez. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I'm Brown. looking at this. He's got a he's got a picture with himself as like a as like a 16 year old standing next to Kobe. Yeah, he's like he's like a frisbee, like an ultimate frisbee or uh, it, or lacrosse. But I think it's frisbee though because that's sillier, and I think that's true, <laughs> right? But this is the point, yeah. right? Like he to me, I'm like this is what you yeah, talk about. He's black a professional black people doing things. It's this. He's an American YouTuber and professional ultimate frisbee player. <laughs> Again, and he's and he's making he's making money to run he's his life the way he wants. He is to. He's twenty nine years old. Hey, Mar- hey, Marquez, relax. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so, anyways, I, I watched his review on this thing as well because his reviews tend to be pretty pretty good and balanced, and he's he's pr- very good at doing this after basically growing up doing tech reviews. Yeah. Again, this VR is an interesting one because me and you have talked about VR a lot over the years. 
and AR and where technology is going. And one of the things that I have always said, and a lot of people have always said this, is this this tech is it's stalled quite a bit. And a lot of it's just because you need someone like Apple to get into this game. Because there's lots mm-hmm. of companies making, you know, people thought Meta was going to do it or Facebook. They thought, you know, HTC was going to do this stuff with their Vive headsets, one of them that I own. Google had its sort of VR. You can connect to your phone and watch YouTube VR. There's all these things that have kind of scratched the surface of using VR technology and even less so AR technology, which is augmented reality. And Apple has come out with this Vision Pro that is a little bit of a mix of both. And it's very interesting. And I don't necessarily want to talk about the specifics of the technology. I just want to talk about you as someone who is in games, me as someone who is in film and and television. Publishing a VR game next week. And publishing VR content. But again, like you have told me before, like VR content isn't like it's it's kind of dead. Like no one's buying VR. I never said that. Place. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying in general, like I'm generalizing of just going like it's not it's not this giant boom that's going to take over. Everyone's going to buy a headset. Like it's just, it just wasn't going to happen until maybe this. And that's my question to you is, does this change anything when this comes out? Do you think that all of a sudden we are now going to be pushed into the AR and VR world, the way that we were with the world of cell phones when the first iPhone got released. Um, well, the answer, and it's not, it's not the, it's not a good answer, but this is the answer (laughs) is maybe exactly. That's the answer. The it's complicated. The reason I don't, I, I have not said the thing that you said. I said, like, to be clear, <laughs> you hinted at that's it, a, that like it's that's not, a sentence that, like, that makes sense. No, 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 no. Like, let me just let me dud. explain. There's nothing there. No, I never said that. that I never said that. No, my position is. <laughs> I don't know if you said that or not. It's just me. I never said I, that. That's, that's I never said that. You. you didn't seem very my, about it. No, I look, man. I'm somebody who bought every quest. I bought the. Uh, I got into the Google VR thing when they put out their headset thing. Like I, I want. I get excited about new tech, especially new tech that may or may not fail. You know, I got a, I got a wake of dead phone OSs in my in my smartphone you really history. Do. You know, you bought every and, OS uh, other than Android <laughs> and and I, I got and I, iOS. Yeah, but now look, I got iOS stuff. I got Android stuff. I actually, always had an iPod Touch. I wish they'd update an iPod Touch. I would love a new iPod Touch just to play Apple Arcade games on. That would be like the one of the best handheld consoles ever. Uh, but anyway, that's a suspect. The point is. They, um, the, the way I see VR is as it's currently sits is a, um, it's a niche. It's a, it's a large niche, but it's a niche nonetheless. And that means that, you know, you could still be talking tens of millions of devices out there. And perhaps that might seem like, oh, well, that's actually a lot of devices, but it's still a niche in the spirit. Even if you compare that to video games. Because the when the Switch is selling 100 million consoles and VR headsets might be selling, you know, let's say they sell half of that combined 50, 50 million, which I don't think they're at uh, at this point. But there's still devices being made. They're still being sold. Um, the, the biggest one is Meta's Quest. Uh, the Quest 3 was announced and that also had a renewed focus on mixed reality. Um, whereas quest two and quest one were VR, uh, specifically, and now you have this vision pro, which is 
carving out a a very different lane, but the it's still a niche and a um, and a medium that's starting to figure that's trying to figure itself out and what the audience is looking for and how do you get people to jump yeah. on it. This is not a mass market device. It costs. No. Three thousand five hundred dollars, but it's and always that's in the, the price, U.S. Though, right? So, is, is that what always stops this stuff? Is the price? Because that's one no. thing about about no. this that that the really good devices have always been really. Now, again, you say this while people will spend all sorts of money on stuff that you'd argue like, "Oh, I thought everyone was broke. How's everyone affording this iPhone or this new MacBook Pro?" But I will say that for a lot of people, like it was never good enough for them to go. I'm going to spend over a thousand dollars on a device is that fair um no i don't i don't think it's a matter of it being good enough i think it's a matter of it's like anything else right it's it's solving uh solving a need defining something that somebody actually wants we use phones every day for lots of time so a large investment one a lot of investment into a phone makes sense because you use it all the time for hours a day. So spending $1,000 on a phone that's the best in its class is a worthwhile investment because of how much mileage you get at it. And that's not to take into effect the second point about it, which is that you have to go through carriers, which always offer various ways to make that price more digestible, either reduce costs for yearly plans, trade-in options, uh, monthly payments, you name it. All those options exist, but because you use it all the time, it makes more sense. That's why it's harder. You could even validate spending more money on a phone than a computer because you use your phone way more than a computer, and it takes over a lot of tasks that a computer would usually be used for. The VR at this point is largely a toy. There is a, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can play on it. It's very games focused, but games have always led in technology. I mean, look at, look at how graphics lead and cutting edge. Like yep. gaming, gaming laptops are the most advanced laptops, right? So in that sense, the, the things you could do with VR, they tried to say, yeah, you can do live events. It's like you're at the event. Yeah, kind of. Not really. Um, the games are great because it's, it's interactive. Like you can do things in VR that are explicitly VR that you can't do in regular games, but there's still the aspect of putting on the headset and yeah. you can't, and there's certain games that just don't exist on the VR platform that are on standard TVs like I can't play Zelda I, and there's no game like Zelda as it currently yeah. exists on quest. Similarly, there's no game like God of war on PS five. Yeah. There's nothing like that on quest. Um, but there's still a lot of awesome experiences and they're different, right? Um, similar, like the game we're publishing next week. Like there's things in that game that cannot be done. You'd have to redesign the whole game if you wanted it to be on a, on a traditional platform. So, but what, what's happening is and Apple's been kind of hinting at this for a while for a long time. augmented yeah. this augmented reality push it's not about VR it's about AR and it's now it's kind of blending two, of the really. two it's the yeah. it's the it's the MR mixed reality which kind of becomes yeah. the umbrella of everything so when they're saying this it's an interesting value proposition it's expensive as shit but it has the same processor that's currently in all of their flagship devices. So you actually are getting the chip that's the in a MacBook chip that's Pro. In, yeah. And the you have Mac mini. Yeah. It's on everything. It's in everything. Yeah. It's like an advanced version. Like it's interesting. I don't know how many people brought this up, but when Microsoft revealed the HoloLens, it was similar to this. It's like, yeah, we have a, you basically have a computer on your face and you interact with everything and it worked pretty well. The biggest, the weirdest thing about that 
I mean, it was never really a mass market device, but the other, the weird thing about that device, and I very interested, I actually didn't re- have time. I mean, because of all this stuff that's been going on this week, I didn't have time to read any of the hands-on previews. I didn't even watch the MKBHD video, but how wide is the field of view? Because one of the weirdest things with, um, with these devices is it's not mapping to your eye. It's a, it's their screens ahead of you. So you got these two 4k screens in front of you and that's making the illusion that things are floating in space, but the lenses are still limited. So if it doesn't have a strong field of view, then you could be looking at something turn and then you could be seeing it cut off in space, which doesn't make sense only because you're looking at the edge of the, of the lens. Yeah. So how now what that, I will say was, about what know, I will that, say about the Apple device, I watched MKBHD's video Mm-hmm. And he said the thing that set this apart is specifically about the eye tracking, where he goes, it mm-hmm. because it tracks your eyes inside of this thing, unless you're able to completely go cross-eyed and look in, you know, like, you know, prey levels, deer levels of side eye looking at stuff around you, it changes the screen based on where you're looking. So he didn't notice any of that sort of field of view edge clipping that you, you know, sort of the, the window awesome. box yeah. effect. Because he goes, well, that's he great. Goes, it's the eye tracking. It's the eye tracking in this thing that basically completely knows where I'm looking and will basically build the screen there. So you'd never see it, which was interesting. Yeah. Of Yeah, so that's inside really of this cool. thing has so many sensors inside of the eye mask that, yeah, it's tracking your eyes. It's tracking where you're looking. Yeah. So it basically built, yeah, again, unless you're able to do some really wild stuff with your eyes and to still be able to see straight, um, it, it's really hard to to not give you that full field view of vision based on what you're looking at. Yeah. So that's really cool because it's interesting to think about, like right now I'm looking at a 42 inch screen that's on my desk, right? If I have a headset that I put on, it's all in one. I'm not setting up a laptop. I'm not doing anything. I just put this thing on and then all of a sudden I have a keyboard and a mouse and I'm just using it. Like there's a screen floating in front of me and it's all powered by this headset. That's kind of interesting, mm-hmm. right? Especially if it's as sharp as a 4k 42 inch screen, that's two feet away from my face. But it's an interesting proposition to people who already have that thing and it's like all in one. And then, okay, now you can do this other stuff. And then what's the interaction? Because actually when talking to, um, you know, I don't want to put words in the mouth of my developers, but one of the guys on the dev team who's doing VR, he's like, I'm annoyed that they showed floating screens. Yeah. But I feel like you have to, in a way, because you have to show a use case that is familiar, right? You don't want to show something that seems like you want to kind of show them solving a problem. Not that that's necessarily a problem, but it's like saying, hey, yeah, you could have all that stuff. Why does this cost this much? Because this is the price of this screen. You want a 100-inch screen? Guess what? That costs like $10,000. Yeah, portable 100-inch screen, right? Like you could fit yeah. it in a backpack with a case and show up to an office, mm-hmm. put on this headset, boom, 100-inch screen that you don't have to carry around with you, right? Like, yeah, like it kind of solves a problem that's a very first world problem. But yeah, I, I see the guy's really point, though, right? Because you're just recreating something that already exists. So it's like, are you have you found a problem to your solution, or are you finding a solution to your actual problem? Right? It's that old thing yeah. of of everything, right? A lot of new tech suffers from this problem. There's a lot of awesome ideas and a lot of problems that they have to get. To, like for me, the thing for a lot of this stuff is always: do you have enough, like you said, games, content development? Right? The iPhone mm-hmm. became the iPhone because of the apps you can put on the device. It wasn't so much like, yes, Apple made really awesome stuff and the hardware was great and the accessibility was great, but the iPhone became a need to have because look at all the apps you can put on. You can put on YouTube. You can put on this. You can put on this. You can build this device to how you personally interact with the world, 
the the world online, right? And that's always been same thing with Mac software, right? A lot of people stick to PCs and gaming, right? If you're a gamer, you're buying a PC. Why? Because you can't play games on a Mac, right? People buy the devices for their software and for their content. And so, yeah, the guy that you're talking to goes, I'm a little disappointed it's just screens. A lot of that is going, well, how does this all of a sudden open up a new group of developers and designers to go, okay, screens is the paradigm that we know. What if we started making devices and content for you to interact with things in a different way, a three-dimensional way? What, what if there's ways that you can start to break the paradigm of a 2D screen? But again, that takes development. That takes devices that are accessible. That takes funding. It takes a lot of effort to put into going, okay, we're, instead of looking at a 2D screen to do your banking, you're going to look at a 3D, a 3D object space where you can move it around and it's actually something that's more usable. It's something that actually gives you a better banking experience than just clicking around on the screen. Because before, right, that's what you were selling. Instead of driving through a teller with the pneumatic tube with your check, do it yeah. all online. It's faster. It's easier. You can do it from home. You can do it from anywhere. And then people that's go, right. okay, I don't need to go to the bank anymore. But like, have you, have you reached that with these devices for whatever their niche is? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's really it, it's interesting how people react to it because I I still think look, I love playing games, right? That's my hobby that's choice. Thing. When I'm home, <laughs> I that's what I do between watching a movie, watching TV, playing a game. I'll play a game. The Quest Two is my least favorite. Is my I'm not gonna say my least favorite, but it's my least used device. And part of that is because I have to put a thing on my face. I can't sit on a couch, grab a controller and play, you know, no matter what, you still have to put a thing on your face. And that alone is like an additional step. And maybe it's because of a comfort thing. I don't know, but it feels like more of a to do. But I so I don't know how they're going to overcome that thing where it's like, hey, yeah, you're not going to use a computer. Like if they see this as the future of computing, or it's like, guess what? Our desks are going to be clean, right? You know what? Everything's minimalistic. We're going to Muji-fy the world. You know Muji? I do. The brand? Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, so that, that's what I'm saying, right? So you're going to Muji-fy the world. You're going to Apple-fy the world because they've always been about like all-in-one, clean aesthetic. Basically, you're going to walk into a room. It's going to be empty. And then you put exactly. on the headset. And that guess what? That's where all your stuff is. It's Max and Marie it's like, Kondo. What do I care about? This screen. Or, or sorry, this device that fits in my backpack that I put on my face. Everything yeah. else can go. <laughs> I mean, one of the coolest things that they showed with the HoloLens, which I'd be interested, which is fascinating, is like, let's say you do walk into that empty room and multiple people have this thing on their face and they're all looking at the same thing. You can all interact with it together. That is the most interesting thing that Microsoft showed on the HoloLens. Um, but yeah, I, I, didn't, I, don't, I think someone had asked that of like, if you have a bunch of people with this device on in a room, can you all look at the same thing at different yeah. angles? Like, yeah, I, I didn't get an answer to that. Or, or if it was, if there was an answer to it, I didn't see, I didn't, I wasn't paying attention at that point in any of the videos that I watched. But yeah, like some of that is also the group, you know, that the shared experience, right? Community and things is a big part of how we interact with the internet, right? The big part of being able to do FaceTime and chat with people and, and, and go on to your social media is a big part of this. And that social experience isn't necessarily enhanced with VR, AR headsets yet. Like, even online, right? It's weird. It's like, great. So I pull up a screen, but like, do I go into a metaverse chat? And like, like, what do you do with that side of this? Which is what, again, a lot of the internet's turned into this social interaction with other human beings. Like, regardless of what we yeah. think, your ability to interact with others drives everything that we build and do. It drove the internet. Everything we're doing on the internet is interacting with each other, just at a global scale, virtually at all times of the day. 
versus going to your grocery store, going to your church, going to school, going to work, right? Like we always pull it back to the human, to the humanity of how we interact with the things around us. You can't break that. And it's going to, you know, that that's evolution, literally like that takes thousands of years of changing behavior and changing physiology to make you not want those same very basic human needs of interaction. So yeah, you might not want to talk to people face to face, but you sure do want to get on discord or get on your favorite game or get on your favorite social media platform and, and have chats and threads and discussions. So this doesn't solve that. This is a lot more of like a, of a display issue that we're solving right now. And it's like, okay, do you want to spend 3,500 bucks for a display? Some people will. Most people probably go, I don't really need this. I can do this on my phone. I can do it on my laptop. I can do it on my television screen. I don't need a, a headset to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, so they really have to show how this improves that existing experience. But I think maybe the cool factors there, like Apple's always done a really good job. Although I'd say they kind of lost the plot recently. Yeah. But one of the best things about the iPhone I'd say up until they got rid of that home button was the ease of use. Yeah. Hey, you got that, one I mean, button. that was always Steve touch, Jobs' touch thing. Touch an right? app, touch that an app, do thing. the thing, press that yeah. button, it's closed, you do the next thing. Like, great. His, no one knew his how thing to... was always reducing choices as well. Like, with the iPhone, there were two choices. Yeah. Or there was one I'm choice say, to with. And then there were yeah, two. There I'm was a say, big one and a little one. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. I'm going to say 90% of people didn't know how to close apps. I'm going to say now 90% of people still don't know how to close apps. Yeah, but I agree. That's people fine. Don't know. You didn't have to because it was just all about get into an app, get out of it. That's it. Yeah. And that's what, I I, that's what Apple it. does yeah. best. But now it's like they've overcomplicated the interface. Even the watch itself is not really that intuitive. Like nothing about using an Apple watch is intuitive. Nothing yeah. about using the iPhone is intuitive anymore. You have to learn a thing. This is going to be fascinating because they still have that, but there is still that cool and sleek presentation that they always sell like apple still makes the best hardware in the world yes you know like Again, i'm, my, I'm the not the best laptop i've that. ever owned is my macbook pro that thing still works that thing was indestructible yeah. it's great yeah. like it's great and it's not some clunky cumbersome thing it's it's kind of just a very clean engineered thing that works right like that's and again that's a big point someone who understands technology even to a very low level from a code base standpoint at the end of the day, you just want something that's intuitive and easy to use. And this mm -hmm. is the problem with all new tech that's being built. Whether you're talking about, let's change the financial system by building by building cryptocurrencies you can change, it's too hard to use. It's too mm -hmm. difficult to use. People don't want to go through all these hoops to use it. I will because it's because whatever, there's some fun in there and there's a bit of, well, the hobby is learning how to use this obscure crap. But like most people don't, I mean, and that's one, that's like, you know, that's with everything. If it's too complicated, the average everyday person is not going to take the time to learn it until it is intuitive enough for them to use it. And we kind of just got there with the regular, hey, here's a mouse or here's your phone and, you know, here's an app. But like, we're still not like, trust me, a lot of people still don't really know how to do things that me and you would consider basic on the internet. But like social media made that easier. Like the more that there's a reason yeah. for you to learn it, you will. I haven't seen a reason for people to learn, you know, like I, the HTC Vive was awesome but you had to build a pc you had to buy a pc or build a pc yeah and you, you had to put to up download these the tracking stuff. all this things stuff you to, had to do. track where you were going it was a pain it was in a the dick like it was it was a lot so yeah. yeah exactly so and so most people go i can't buy i can't be bothered i can't be bothered just give me a thing and i just want it to work right it's got to be intuitive and a lot of that is sort of apple has always been really good with that ux ui design right where it's like 
it's just going to feel right when you use it. Mm-hmm. And that's like what's going to be interesting. That's what's going to be interesting because Apple's the best in the world at doing this, at least over the last 20 years are the best in the world. Yeah. Are they still going to be able to do it with this? With a fairly new paradigm that is going to need developers and apps and all these things built with it? Apple is a different company than it was when Steve Jobs was going, all right, we're just going to, you know, we're going to change the world in this way. It's not easy to do multiple times over and over again. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it's, it's this to me is what I think a lot of people are waiting for. And it's the most interesting player into this world to enter because it does it will, all of a sudden accelerate whether or not this is going to work. It will penetrate the mindshare more than anything else before Anything it. else. Yep. And it'll appeal to a, and it'll sell to a very specific niche audience that can afford with, with it. With a lot of money. Curiosity. To spend. Yeah. yeah. And, and if they can, and if they could only, and that might be enough. I don't necessarily know whether this will be able to penetrate the mainstream market. But the question is, what does that mean? What's the number of mainstream people? Does that mean, does it make, does that mean, you know, is that a hundred million people now own a headset? Uh, half, half a billion people own a headset. I don't know. It, this is not going to be what does it, but it could potentially have a knock on effect. If people are able, it's like the people who bought Androids because they couldn't get iPhones when the right. iPhones came out. Right. It's like, okay, that ballooned the smartphone market and effectively in general the feature period. Phone. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. if somebody can walk into an Apple store, put this thing on their face, immediately get it and see a use case and walk, well, you know, it's going to be right there for $500, <laughs> the quest three. Yeah. You know? And so that is like a seventh of the price. And yeah. it also is hyping up the, the mixed reality, augmented For, reality features, which we're going to learn more about. And it's going to be very interesting because if this is not, because that's also an all-in-one device, but it's using these controllers and doesn't use the hand tracking. So it's yeah. like, but if it does the same thing that's good enough for the average person, which let's be real, average people using a computer, they're not doing all this crazy shit that requires all the power. They're using it to check Facebook emails and yes. maybe play a, a couple of like games on it, right? Like that's what they're doing. So what 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 I've found as well, and this is like with a lot of thought of like, okay, what makes what makes new technology stick is when new people can enter the ecosystem of technology and buy that one thing and still be able to do everything that you can do with all your other devices. I learned this with the phone, right? Because for a long time I was like, why? Because I had a BlackBerry. I was like, BlackBerry's great. I can text. I can do this real quick. It's awesome. And I got a laptop and I got a PC. I don't need a computer in my pocket, right? That's how I felt at the time. I was like, I don't need a computer. I work with computers every day. But then I saw people only buy iPhones. And to be able to do the same crap I was doing with everything else. And they're like, huh, maybe I don't need to own all this crap. And there needs to be a world where someone goes, you know what? Maybe I don't need the latest phone. Maybe I'll just buy this thing. And this allows me to do everything that I want to do at work. And I don't really need my phone. I can keep this thing in my backpack. And it gives me all of these extra things that my phone can't. Now, sure, you'll still buy a new phone, but you'll be less willing to keep up with the latest and greatest because you need it, right? Just like I don't buy laptops every two years like I used to because I'm going, yeah, laptop's getting a little old. But for the most part, it does exactly what I need it to do. And my phone does the rest. And if I want to buy a new PC, I'll buy, I'll build one every 10 years because there's some game that comes out that forces me to do it, right? Because it's like, I couldn't do this thing without upgrading or without buying something else. 
And so I think if the phone still stands in the way of people going, I don't actually need it. I'm just going to buy a new phone. For that much money, I'm going to buy a new phone and save the other two grand, right? Until you look at this and go, well, my phone can't do that. And I could actually keep the phone I have, but buy this new thing, and it gives me tenfold all the new things I want to do. I don't have to buy a PC. I don't have to buy a laptop. I don't have to buy any of this stuff. I just got to buy the headset and my phone. I'm in. That's how this changes. And Apple's the best to do it because they've done it before. And you're right, right? Like, and then for the people who can't afford it, they go, well, "What other devices are out there?" And that's when that's when all the devices you just named come up. And sure, it's a little clunky, it's a little inconvenient. Like Android was a little clunky and inconvenient, but maybe it's open source. Maybe there's some developers who now go, "Okay, this is an ecosystem that's worth me playing in." I build an iPhone app, or I build a, a Vision app, and now I'm going to build a, I'm going to backwards compatible this this thing for Oculus or for all these other devices, right? That's kind of what happened with the iPhone because people are like, "Hey, you're making this awesome iPhone app. Can I get an Android version?" And then it, the whole smartphone ecosystem starts to boom. And that's kind of what you need to happen with this. So for as much as people don't like Apple, Apple drives the market for developers just to enter the ecosystem of smartphones, of this type of computing, which then you pick your your device of choice to build for. And then that's how this starts to boom. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's going to be uh, interesting. It, for me, this was this is what I was waiting for. Will I buy it? I don't know. I want to play with it first. I want to see it. But again, like I'm like, you need Apple. You need Apple, and you need people to build software and things that really push the technology in 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 different ways. Like the guy that you're talking to, he's right about. I'm disappointed just to see it's another screen. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm with you. As probably two tech guys, I understand you. But like you said, for the everyday user, a hundred a hundred inch screen is enough to get them in. Yeah, so I sent you now, a video. You, it's like a sizzle yeah. reel of the Quest 3. And you could jump to like 30, 35 seconds and they'll show you their mixed reality. Like if it looks like they're showing here, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like that's, again, that might be enough for people. So, yeah. and and to be like, oh, so it's doing the thing that Apple does? Yeah. Oh, and because the platform has existed for a while, there's already enough, there's already more um, experiences available for VR, AR. And like yeah. they got a lot of games, like the investment that Meta's been putting in into developers, it's like it's unfathomable, and it sucks too because they bought developers that did like some really good two yeah. D, I'm saying like non VR work as well. It takes but McDonald's yeah. for you to under to appreciate other burgers, right? Like again, like unfortunately, that's just what it takes. Yeah. It takes kind of the the leader to come in for other people to take a second look at all of this. Like right now I'm looking at, I've not looked at a VR headset in a very long time. I'm watching the video of the quest, right? We're talking about the entire ecosystem. So you start yep. to get back into it because the biggest player has come to the party and that matters for this. So yeah, if I was meta and any of these other companies, sure, you might hate that Apple's going to eat into your market share. But at the same time I go, but if, you know, if this is the rising tide that lifts all of our boats, then this is the world we're pushing into. And, you know, Apple found it enticing enough to build it. Apple doesn't, there's lots of stuff that Apple has just skipped. by going like, nah, I don't care about that. Like, yeah, I know that. Nah, I don't care about that either. Nah, not important. <laughs> right? Like, they just go like, hey, we're, we're focusing on this because this is what we see and what, what's important. They felt the need to build a, an AR, VR, mixed reality headset. So it's obviously important enough to the wider space that this is where we're headed, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Looking forward to it. I'm, de I'm definitely yeah. going to get a Quest 3. Just because, I mean, the price point's right for that. And you know, if it's enough, for, well, I should say, if the spec update's enough for from the Quest 2, I'll get a Quest 3. Uh, but I'm excited about that. And I'm excited to try this Apple thing. But 
We'll see. Again, yeah. the maybe is strong. I don't think I don't know if it's going to be the future or not, but I always get excited about new tech, and this is just that. I get excited about new devices and stuff. It's just comes yeah, with being cool. an enthusiast. I'm not going to cool. be a. Um, I can't be a cynic about this stuff because I get very excited to get my hands on it personally. Yeah. Already look, we've been we're an hour twenty in. Yeah, I do want to talk about Trump. Red is blue is black is it. Jewish. It's not politics, but you know, with Trump, it just is. Oh, ten it's minutes, definitely. All right, Here ten we minutes. Go. We're going from. I got, we're going I got from, an so article right now. If you want to skip, if you've listened this far on the podcast, bless you. But right now, you're going. I don't care about Trump. I'm tired of hearing about this. We're right at a it's minute, an hour and twenty minutes, and about ten seconds. We're gonna mm-hmm. go to an hour and thirty. I'm gonna cut it off. And you can join us back. So jump there if you want to hear the rest of our nonsense, but you can stop now. All right. All right. Here we go. Reading from NPR, OPB. I don't know what you know me. I don't think that's right. That doesn't make sense. These are (laughs) these are the charges Trump was indicted on and what they mean. This was written as of uh, about 24 hours ago on June 9th. The federal indictment of former President Trump in the classified documents probe has been unsealed. The indictment lays out 37 federal charges against Trump, including obstruction and unlawful retention of defense information for stories for storing dozens of classified documents at his Florida resort and refusing to return them to the FBI and the National Archives. Also named in the indictment is Walt Nauda. Nauta, a former presidential aide to Trump who remained in his employ after Trump left office. Nauta faces six charges. Justice Department Special Counsel Jack Smith defended his team's work within and emphasized the seriousness of the charge. Quote, our laws that protect national defense information are critical to the safety and security of the United States, and they must be enforced, end quote, he said. Smith also noted that the defendants must be presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law, adding that the special counsel's office will seek a speedy trial on this matter consistent with the public interest and the right of the accused. That was largely a quote. Here we go. So here is the summary of the counts, which are listed starting on page 28 of the document embedded below. They embedded the whole thing. Willful retention of national defense information. This charge covering counts one through 31 only applies to Trump and is for allegedly storing 31 such documents at Mar-a-Lago. By the way, did you see the pictures? I did. They were great. Oh my God. (laughs) Wow. That bathroom shot with the chandelier. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> conspiracy to obstruct justice. Trump and Nada, along with others, are charged with conspiring to keep these documents from the grand jury. Withholding a document or a record, Trump and Nada are accused of misleading one of their attorneys by moving boxes of classified documents so the attorney could not find or introduce them to the grand jury. Corruptly concealing a document or record, this pertains to the to the Trump and Nada's alleged attempts to hide the boxes of classified documents from the attorney. Concealing a document in a federal investigation, they are accused of hiding Trump's continued possession of these of those documents at Mar-a-Lago from the FBI and causing a false certificate to be submitted to the FBI. Scheme to conceal. This is for the allegations that Trump and Nauta hid Trump's continued possession of those materials from the FBI and the grand jury. False statements and representations. This count concerns statements that Trump allegedly caused another one of his attorneys to make to the FBI and grand jury in early June regarding the results of the search at Mar-a-Lago. And finally, false statements and rep- and representations. This final count accuses Nauta of giving false answers during a voluntary interview with the FBI in late May. 
According to the indictment, each one of these charges carries a maximum fine of $250,000 with maximum prison sentences between five and 20 years. Now, before I let you go with your response, I want to mm-hmm. play a clip by Pod Save America, who uh, made this great thing about that are really, this is literally things that Trump said, just compiled a little differently. So here we go. This is what he said in response. Wait. I just want to tell I'm an innocent man. I'm an innocent person. So I just want to tell you, I'm an innocent man. I did nothing wrong. I'm an innocent man. We will prove that again. I'm innocent and we will prove that very, very soundly and hopefully very quickly. Thank you very much. That was not a loop. That was just him saying I'm an innocent man over and over and over. I, again, I thought it was a loop. <laughs> When you nope. played that, I was like, oh, is this just like them cutting this together? Nope. It kind of gave me vibes of that. Uh, have you seen the good doctor clip that have him no. saying, I am a surgeon. I am a surgeon. I am a surgeon. It's basically that. But, no. you know, criminally-ish. So what so, do you think? What do you, Where are you at? First of all, it's just like, man, the fact that Trump is still, that he's still in the position that he's in, where the discussion after this is, Oh, but he's still gonna probably win the Republican nomination, right? Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> like it's just kind of like a just like, yeah, we but we know none of this matters, right? Which is still just like, man, I guess I guess he's right that he really could shoot a man in Fifth Avenue on Fifth Avenue and get away. Like it, it's starting to feel that way, just because you start to get the point you go, at what point is this like enough of is enough where he like he has to go away? But I again, I, I don't necessarily know if even if this isn't enough. I don't think anything is. And I, I already kind of got there before. He be, he was indicted tw- or he was uh, impeached twice. And you're like, well, if this doesn't do it, then what's the next? It's kind of like you can't kill him, to be honest with you. Like, it kind of feels like he's going to live forever. So that, that's where I am just personally, mentally, emotionally on all of this stuff where you're just like, that's not going to change anything. It's still Donald Trump, whatever. Like, we, yeah, we knew all this stuff. The thing that I found, there's some funny parts in here, though. Oh, my God. The quotes are crazy. <laughs> the quotes are, that's what's funny, right? Because some of this stuff is like, there's kind of multiple reasons why Trump, like, it seems like the main reason Trump has taken all these documents is because he just wanted to show people that he yeah. had classified documents. Like, again, that's that's now, right? Like, it's sure, like the more nefarious effect, thing yeah. is that, and this is what everyone's always hinted at, that Trump has been paid and bought for by by different enemies of the United States and he is a prop to drive their agenda here in our you know in our our country to de- to you know deestablish our government all of those more nefarious things but like forget about those for a minute because those are very serious and and very possible but even just like on the superficial vanity part of this he was just like telling people that he had these documents and he was like oh you know I could have declassified them if I wanted to but I didn't so they're still very secret. But hey, look, hey, man, look, look, look at this thing I got from being president. It's like he kept them as trophies. This is literally a quote. To, he said to his staffer, secret. This is secret information. Look at this. <laughs> Again, that's it. He, he used this as like trophies. Like he's like, and come into my trophy room where you can see our, like he was showing someone like a military (laughs) strategy plan of like where things would be deployed and how it worked. And again, he was just, he kind of just left the white house with going like, just give me as many trophies as you can have so I can show my friends at the golf club. And then instead of just kind of being like, Oh, I, I didn't know. And playing dumb. And this is the more serious charges is that then he tried to obstruct justice of them trying to figure this out, right? Like he he stood in the way and his lawyers stood in the way and his lawyers are going to be the one that testify against him because in here is a bunch of stuff from his lawyers going, Mr. Trump, you can't do this. Mr. Trump, this is illegal. 
and him kind of brushing it off. So that's why, again, it's so dumb because it just, he just was collecting trophies. And again, like, I tend to think that Trump is kind of an idiot that just kind of stumbles into things. There's obviously people who feel like this is more nefarious and he's selling information to foreign governments in order to make himself president to rig elections and all the things that Trump says that that he claims everyone else is doing. He's actually doing himself. But yeah, like, I don't think this ends him. I think, again, I, I think there's, I think there's a little bit of a, a shrug to this from the American people. And I, that's probably a problem that people go, well, wait I a don't minute. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know if this is, if this is like shrug worthy because it's so, it's so obvious. And it's like, this is, this is where you really face the limit. Like from the jump within the first week of this happening, it was like, Oh, he's kind of in trouble here. Also, this is really going to test the limits of the cult of Trump because when he started, he's like, they planted these things, these documents in my, in Mar Lago. This is, I didn't do anything wrong. They planted this. And then they, they're like, and then he said, okay, they, I did. He said, I have every right to take these. Um, yes. I could declassify. And then he's like, just by right, thinking class- declassify. He, then he's like, I declassify these. That's why I could take it. And it's like, well, wait a minute. So you do admit to having it, even yes. though you just said they planted it. Yep. So then what's going on here? It's like, <laughs> you're a fucking asshole like you're just a ski like if that's not he literally showed blew up the game of the swindle within a week yeah and the fact that his supporters are still like yeah yeah he's innocent it's like no well, it's even it's, let's it's say funny because i was watching something where they were going around iowa i think it was abc news and they were asking me like does this change anything for you They're like no not really like, no no like no not really like no it doesn't change anything like like look we, we know who he is and either you're gonna vote for him or you're not is kind of what people were saying i'm going nothing this is new this is who he is and either you like him or you don't and you know that's i've got to decide whether or not i want him to be back and there's some people going look i'm just tired of it i just want us to get on to you know hating minorities normally instead of the trump way they didn't say that <laughs> but that's kind of what they're inferring to but that, but again that, that's yeah, the point maybe. though like i think it's just some people are just tired of the circus but i don't think anyone's looking at this by going like oh now i'm done now that he's been federally indicted no thank you i'm out instead people are just yeah. like okay just another thing so i still hate him or i still love him and the there's guy nothing, oh, yeah I'll, I'll end on this because we have 24 minutes. Seconds. Yeah. The guy to yeah. watch, I think in this case is going to be Chris Christie. The guy just needs a bigger <laughs> platform, but that guy yes. is actually articulate. He knows yes. what he's talking about and he's out for blood and his yes, sole he goal. He, he's not going to win, but God damn it. I think he's looking to kill to destroy Trump yeah. and that I think he might actually succeed if he gets enough play. So righty, we said we're going to end it here. We're done. Welcome back to all the rest of you who have skipped forward. We are finished with the political talk. Maybe we should do that now for the political. Just a 10-minute Trump, our political Just thing in the middle of the podcast, and we give you the time frame, and you can jump in and jump out. And that way you yeah. don't have to be bored by more political stuff that you're tired of hearing. Yeah. I mean, hey, that's why I talk about games at the end, because once yeah. you start doing right. that, well, you know it's over. Hey, look, we're going to talk about fun <laughs> stuff at the end. Uh, a little bit of media therapy. I've watched some movies. Still playing Zelda game wise, but yeah, let's let's get into it. Is there anything that you've watched? We always start with me. Is there anything that you have watched recently that's uh, worth discussing? Uh, I haven't watched anything. I haven't. I, and just to get ahead of it, I still haven't played anything but Zelda. So nothing's happened. Yeah. I didn't. We're not. We're still going to talk about Spider Verse because I because obviously you haven't seen it yet. I've not seen it, and I'm going to see it. If I don't see it today. I'll see it before we talk next, for sure. However, I'm happy to report that the uh, Fast 10 Part 2 has a date, and that is uh, April 2025. 
Okay, so, so two years. Good so, news. Get, get a year break, they, and then we're back. Even though they, that movie appears to be bombing in America. Yeah, which is interesting. It literally, it already released on VOD, which is crazy. Like, it just randomly appeared on VOD yesterday for like 25 bucks. Oh, yeah, so that is interesting, but I mean, the reviews probably didn't help. And uh, but I think but the there's reasons, never mattered, and though. they're kind I, of spoilery. Yeah. But there's a spoilery reason why the next movie I think is going to do quite well. But yes. the other yeah. point is that you know this movie doesn't have an ending. <laughs> it's like the most. I can't wait for you to see this thing because it is the most egregious to be continued. But but which ever. is crazy though is I also just wonder. It's it's wild to say this right because you just. Again, people are people are strange, and it's hard to figure people out of what what they like and why they like some things but don't like others, right? Like it's really difficult. Some of it's the the time, right? Like there's a lot of I was playing this the other day of someone like people don't understand how much luck is just involved in like your ability to be successful. Where it's oh, yeah. just like yes, it's you true. put stuff together and you do it in a really good job, right? Like you do a really you work hard, or you put it together, and you feel like you've got the sense of the moment and all these things, right? That's where the talent comes in. But I honestly believe 50% of all success is just right place, right time, right moment, right atmosphere, right stuff going on. And this franchise, fast the Fast franchise was, you could say it was dead. And then it came back at the right time. And then it took off for five, five films. Yeah. Like really successfully for five. People are like, no, no, you should go watch Fast Five. It's great. It's good. It's actually a good movie. You should go watch it. Versus like, oh, I'm tired of Fast Five. Are we not done with that yet? Go, go go watch Fast Five. It's good. And then yeah. Fast and then and then The Rock shows up. And then Jason Statham. Then people start showing up. And you're like, oh man, these movies are fun. Yep. But then you get to the point where you're like, hey, it's kind of the same form, but it, people just aren't as interested because things are different. And it's, it's interesting like Marvel. to me. You're it's gonna wild to me. Same thing. You're gonna yeah. get to a point where you attract the hardcore the first day. And then yeah. your drop off is going to get more and more severe. Yeah, I think that's the also the danger that, it, of these of universes in general. Like you're look, going I'll, to get I'll to a point about, where the yeah yeah go ahead. I'll say this about Avatar. This was our biggest worry when we we're working on this film because you are sitting here going like, man, this has been twelve years. Does anybody still care about this? Like, who's going to go watch this thing? A sequel from twelve years ago. And you're working hard on it. You're trying to put all of the finishing touches to make it look as beautiful as the first one did and then surpass that, right? But you're also sitting there going like, man, we have no control of whether or not people actually want to see this film. None. It's just luck. And you just hope you get a right mixture of right time, right right people who want to go see it, time of year, whatever the vibe is in, the, in America and around the world. And you hope just enough people kind of get together and go, yeah, you know what? Let's go. Let's go see this. Let's go support this. It's totally a dice roll. Because for a long time, I was like, man, this thing is not going to do well. Like, it's just there's just nothing here. And then it blows up. And you're just like, look, I can't predict this stuff. Like, you don't know. You just got to put your best content foot forward and hope it succeeds in the climate that it's in. So, yeah, I feel like I watch Fast 10, but I, I feel like that's unfortunately that's where a lot of stuff and look the small things of maybe the story isn't as good as even though you're like but none of the stories are good but whatever right there's just not the right mixture of stuff put together to make it appeal to people to go see it again a lot of people see movies two three four times when they like them right like a lot of people saw avatar avatars really winning was multiple viewings it was people going back and watching it after again, and that's a three-hour movie for you to for that to resonate so much with you to go. I want to go see it again, or hey, family's in town. Let's go see Avatar. I just saw it. It's great. Let's do it again. 
it's weird man it's just weird when it comes to films of what's popular and what's not um yeah. so yeah spider-verse seems to be crushing it but that's also brings to me spider-verse brings in and that's what captured me is a level of artistry and creativity in the actual content that's being made that I think does play to a certain generation in a moment where you're like, man, this is just really good animation. And it's just really pretty to look at. And the story's good as well. So like, it's just, it's interesting where it's just enough stuff mixes together and you get a really successful film or enough stuff mixes together. and You just get a bomb that doesn't deserve to be a bomb. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. It's a, I, I also think there is something to it being the 10th entry. And the moment it's you miss lot. one, it's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, I missed it. So I, I, I'm going to fall out of it. And I think that's what yeah. you're also seeing with these Marvel movies where yeah. the moment it's like, yeah, you have to see these other things to watch it. And it's like, if you're not in on the show, then you're just, then you're out. Like it's simple as yeah. that. Right. If you're not, if you're not invested or you're not caught up, it's hard to just see these as a one-off. And I think on the, on the opposite end of, I think once you follow fast uh, furious seven, which felt like a good ending point, once you started this new thing with eight without Paul Walker, it's like, I, I think it lost a bit of momentum. And then once you didn't have the rock in nine and this one, it's like, okay, well now it's yeah. now the people I liked are gone. It's like, am I watching this for Vin Diesel? No. Am yeah, I watching this for yeah, ludicrous? Yeah. No. Am I watching it for, uh, that, girl who showed up in seven yeah a little bit but you know what i it's like that's not enough <laughs> yeah but but look i mean this is what makes again this is what makes media being a media mogul and working for these big companies so tricky because i'm sure there's people inside of these offices that have really awesome ideas and want to change it up that's very hard from a content revenue standpoint to go but what we're doing is working so why would we change it because you have to kind of be ahead of the game to realize, okay, is this getting stale? Should we try something different? Because that's a dice roll as well, right? Like Marvel, you could argue, has hung on too long to its formula. And people are like, really? The same thing again? Like, I mean, that's me, right? Oh, the same thing. You couldn't give me something new. Do something yeah. different. Try to do something daring. And I'd argue they sometimes tried to do that too soon. And then people go, well, where's the thing that I love? Why did you change it? I didn't ask for you to change it. You can't. It's such a fine line that you have to split in order yep. to change something at the right time without you know without being too early or too late because you can argue eternals too early right and you can say yeah eternals was a mess hell those are the issues but they tried to do something a little different and then people go well where, where, where's the old stuff give me thor and then you give him thor and you go oh the same thing really it's like it's it's that right like it's it's hard so fast, and this is what I think Vin Diesel probably needs to, you know, I, you hope someone's sitting him down going, look, dude, yeah, it's been really successful, but you also have to realize that people don't come here for you, and that's okay. Like, you're a major part of it, you drive the story, but no one's going, hey, I want to see the new, Vince Diesel, the, the new Vin Diesel movie. Like, <laughs> you, you, you're just not that, you're surrounded by other people that people want to see. And that's okay. You're still a cornerstone of this franchise. But people come for, for they come for Momoa. They come for John Cena. They come for The Rock. They come for Jason Statham. They come for girl who showed there up was, seven, three, whatever her name is, three movies ago, but everyone now wants to see. They come for Michelle Rodriguez. They come for other people. They don't, you know, and there's a very small people, amount of people that come for you. 
And that's yeah, it. There was a, um, I was just a little bit worried because there was a rumor going around, or maybe it was actually said that Vin Diesel was talking shit about Jason Momoa because too many people were like praising his performance. Yeah, like the but best that's part of the movie. Tough. And it's like, and then apparently when he came out to announce the date, he also praised Momoa. I'm like, oh, thank God. Thank yeah. God. You can't bury all the things. Vin, you're you not can't. the star. You never were. <laughs> yeah. And again, I think that's some humbling for, you know, I guess maybe in the original. Just... In the original, he was. Yeah, but then I'd argue over time, even Paul Walker in death overtook him in that, right? Like, it's weird. Vin Diesel's been put in a really weird position as the most stable thing in this franchise. It's a bit like it's a bit like a sports team, right? Where it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I've got I've got all these stars around me, but you're just the guy who's just there. That's the rock, not the rock, but the rock of the franchise. And you're just you're just stability all the way throughout. You're the one thing that's constant. You've shown up in every movie. Even in Fast Three at the end, you showed up. You showed up in every movie, and so people just go, oh, "Okay, there's there's the not in two, not in not in Too Fast, Too Furious. That's the only one." Okay, so you didn't, but yeah, you just show up and you go, "Okay, there's the you know there's the stability. That's what I need." But then everyone else around you is having fun. You know, they're the all stars. They're Duncan, and there's the new hot shot, and there's the there's the guy that everyone comes to see. But oh yeah, there's Old Faithful, and you have to be okay with that, I think. But it's tough. It's tough because Vin Diesel has made a lot of money doing this, and he's the one that. You know, he's going, but I'm the reason why this thing exists. And we're like, yeah, we know, but yeah, you're why it exists. But people show up to see The Rock and Jason Statham have a have a back and forth at a prison. That's right. Right? It's so, great. Yeah. All right. Well, look, I've watched some films. Yes. Tell me what you watch. Sorry. So I've, I've watched some movies you've seen already. So I don't want to go okay. too far. I, watched, I finally watched Super Mario Brothers. All right. Let's talk about that. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I, now, when, now, when I described it, to reiterate, I just want to reinforce my views. Yeah. I said... This is not a good movie. Yep. But it is a good Super Mario movie. Do you agree? Yes, I agree. I agree with this completely. Now, it's not a good movie because it accelerates at some point. That's like, wait a minute, what happened? <laughs> like, how do we get here? Like, th- there's a point, and I'll spoil this because if you haven't seen it by now, you're I'll probably spoil not spoil it. the whole thing. Who gives a shit? <laughs> when when they go from the Donkey Kong stuff mm-hmm. to like, hey, we're gonna ride go karts on Rainbow Road. That, that whole thing just got like, yeah, there was a little bit like, we're going to cut them off. And then it kind of just, I was like, oh, wow, we escalated this really quickly. And it was just because, hey, Mario Kart's a big part of this universe. We need to have a Mario Kart sequence. Like, I feel like I can imagine the boardroom of the a bunch of French guys, the Illumination guys, mm-hmm. going, okay, what makes Mario special? Give it to me. Oh, Mario Kart. Oh, Donkey Kong, the original Mario stuff when he was throwing barrels at him. What else? What else? Give, give me more stuff. Oh, the premise of, you know, Bowser wants to marry marry the princess, so Mario's coming here to save her. Okay, cool. What else? Uh, brothers, right? There's two of them, right? The, Luigi, he's got his own games, right? Haunted Castle, right? He goes to Castle. All right, let's get that in there. Like, I just feel like that's what it was. And they go, all right, cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks for all the information. We're going to go back and write a script. <laughs> and so they write, they write a script with all these pieces in it. And you're like, all right, cool. What do we, we got? We got Luigi's Mansion. You, you remember that, right? Yeah, we got you, Jimmy. We got Luigi's Mansion in there. And uh, oh, yeah. And, and Sarah, you wanted, the, uh, you wanted the Bowser wedding thing, right? We wanted to play on that theme. Okay, cool, cool. And oh, uh, oh yeah, you, you wanted the brother thing. Yeah, it's all in there, guys. It's in there. Let, let's make the movie. Like, that's mm-hmm. what it felt like to me. So it's a perfect Mario movie because of that. But it's not a good movie because of you're trying also to the music. jam a bunch of crap. The music that this. they got it, the music in that made it also a lot better too. Yes. That's now I, I will say it. this, right? Man, Jack Jack Black. Yeah. <laughs> he he steals everything that he does. He's awesome. He's one of the most I w- I'm going to say he's one of the most talented actors of the, of our generation. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. 
it, it, and again, I, I would say he, you would totally put him, you know, there's all these other people, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio, all these other people that you put up that have won awards. Jack Black is great. And then you're watching him sing this song and you go, that's why he's in this. That's why. And again, I would assume that wasn't even in the thing. And he's like, yeah, I just want to make a really goofy song about this. Can I just Yeah, I got this? this idea. I got this I got idea. this awesome oh, idea. I, well, and then he yeah, does it. And then someone's like, I'm going to animate to this. And it's awesome. And that's why Jack Black is great. Because you're watching yeah. it, you're like, okay, that's why this guy's in this thing. Like, that's what's why. Because no one else. So it was like this. the number one song. It became the number one song after when the movie came out. It was ridiculous. It was a ridiculous yeah. song, but it was great, right? So yeah, I'm, I agree with you. Um, I, I, no one, no one annoyed me as their as their character. I think you're right about Princess Peach looking a little weird, right? I, 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 I think I, I gave you guff because I was watching the trailer and going like, it looks like what's her name? It doesn't look like what's her name. Peach, her, it's, it's weird. I couldn't tell whether or not her head is too big. Oh, yeah, there's something, something odd about wrong her. with the yeah. face. The face looks yes. wrong. I cannot yes. believe no one is talking about how weird she looks in this. When movie. you brought that up, I, again, I I gave you I gave you guff because I was sitting there watching the trailer, but then I watched the movie and I was like, man, Jason's right. She does look odd. Something's off here. Yeah. Um, if it was if she was the main character, I think there would have been a Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog moment where they're like, yeah. That's not Princess Peach. We got to change it. And then they change it. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a good Saturday morning watch for me. Um, They're going to make a sequel. Yeah. Oh, um, and they're apparently on the brink of signing a Zelda movie with Illumination. So everybody's talking yeah. shit about how that dialogue is going to be, just like transposing the Illumination dialogue. It's hilarious. Oh, yeah, because Link just makes noises. He doesn't have a they voice. All make He's noises. never spoke. He's never, that's, that's what I mean. He just makes noises. He's never, for those who, who don't do you, know, Link okay. is not, he's not Mario. And again, Mario's never really talked either. No. But, you know, you he's can. He's at least said th- something. There's Link's enough words there that you could put it together. Link okay, let me ask goes, you this. Ha! Who do you, who do you think, who do you think should voice Link? And who do you think they'll cast as Link? So it's got to be a young enough voice, right? Because Link is not, I mean, Link is technically like a 50 year old man. <laughs> Which would be funny. <laughs> and, I'm, like, and I'm going to write down who I think they're going to cast as Link. Because then you just get Orlando Bloom, right? Because he, he was a he was an elf at one point. Just get him to do it. Because everyone's going to be like, oh, God, it's like it's, he's an elf and, you know, he's playing this thing again. But no, in all seriousness. Um, I don't know. I think it's got to be, it can't be someone whose voice is too recognizable, in my opinion. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think, like, you can't go to, like, a Tom Holland. Because you're just like. Okay, it's Tom Holland. Tom Holland's like, hey, I've I've done too much stuff. I need to take a break. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. he just said that. He's like, I'm taking a year off because this is too much. I'm making a lot of crap and I don't I need to just be a 20 year old. Um so yeah, I don't I don't know. Like he's he's kind of my immediate like if you're just trying to look at faces that could possibly be these characters. Like Chris Pratt for Mario was always an interesting choice, but he didn't offend me at all. I was like, no, I thought, you did, like I thought you did great. I thought you did a great job. I thought you did a great job. So yeah, I don't know unless you pick someone like that. Like it's got to be one of these guys that's, you know, that's like in his late thirties maybe, and go yeah. with one of them. And yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe because I'm assuming they're gonna have a little bit of an English. Like Zelda talks with that kind of not like not old English but old English accent. So maybe you get an English guy and you you tart him up a little bit not to sound so English. And again, that's Tom Holland. So yeah, for you know what. I'm gonna say Tom Holland. He's the, he's the guy. Let him do an animated movie. He's already done one with 
with now who Chris do you Pratt, think wasn't it and yeah yeah Did and that, who do you think they Disney who do you think movie. they will choose who do you think they will choose or you're, you're kind of aligned there i'm aligned there i think that's who they will i think that's who it probably should be and that's who they'll choose because it's easy i think they're going to choose timothy chalamet <laughs> oh that's a good one that's a good one now, very similar similar now yeah. who do i now who should they choose yeah i got two i got two one chris pine I think he'd actually do a pretty good job. We've talked about how he's the most yeah. underrated Chris. I yeah, think, it, and then a, this could be the. One. <laughs> I'm looking this, at this guy now. This, like he looks exactly like him. Just this could be the animated. Hair. This could be the animated Chris multiverse between Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, and then we get somebody else, in, and then we get uh, you know the other Chris's in there. But who? And then the other choice, Idris Elba. Fuck it, go British. <laughs> make him black. <laughs> No, no, he'll be, they'll make him Ganon or one of oh, the- Oh, he'd be a right? great Ganon, but I want him he'd to be, be Blink, man. Make him a hero. No, I don't, I don't know. I kind of want to hear him be Ganon. Like, that actually sounds real. I'm, I, you know, I'm in on that. And now you're going to be you, disappointed You know, you know who else not. it could be as well? It could be like an Andy Samberg. Like, you just tell him to just not be as clownish as you normally are, but still mm. have a little bit of humor there. I think you could get him to do something a little bit more whimsical. He'd be a good choice. Zelda's, I think, as Zelda's well. goofiness never comes from the main cast. It always comes from the support cast. Yes. It's kind of like Yakuza in that way. And then right. they get into these awkward scenarios. The Zel- the, so you can't have like a comedian do a or a comedy personality do the voice of one of these guys. It's not like Mario, where it's like very goofy. Like there are more serious themes to Zelda, but all the supporting cast around him has the wackiness. So that's what you need to have. And that's why I think, you know. To have him do what the NPC characters would be. Well, the more uh, but, interesting but, one yeah. is who do you think plays Princess Zelda? Uh oh. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I yeah, I guess she does speak in She does. She speaks a lot in these games. And I think yeah. her I everybody's like, oh, the voice acting is great. I think it's bad. I think it's bad for the same bad. reason that I think that Aloy is kind of bad in uh Horizon because yeah, I, I it's always with you. Yeah. It's like your your emotions are always at a weird time where it's like always like you're on the brink of crying. Link, yes. I can't. Yes. I have yeah. to do this thing. And then like Aloy is just always like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Do I need to get to that mountain. It's so far up the hill. It's like, what are you saying? Why do you talk like this? Can you have a normal conversation? So <laughs> I get it. Fine. Um that's why I think you have to have someone with more range to give a, a character, which there's a lot of options. I don't know. Fuck it. Make it Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> I don't know, but you, you need like a younger. I do Kate like the Winslet. British though. Yeah. You yeah. Need like that's a why younger I like, Kate I like Winslet. more British You need like accents. the up and coming Kate Winslet. Like you need that. Like you need a little bit of the Brit or you need a good American. Who's a good enough actor to be able to do that. Game of Thrones ish kind of speak, but I still like the make idea it of making more it, fun. uh, of having the cast be British, though. I like, you know, that's kind of what Xenoblade does. Like, Xenoblade gives everybody those British characters, so it doesn't yeah. feel inherently American. It feels more, there is a certain whimsy that gets uh, applied to something when it's, uh, when when you have that British accent. And then you kind of yeah. dial it up with a little bit of Welsh. Like, that's exactly what Xenoblade does. And I'm pretty sure that won't be a part of this multiverse they're building. So, Zelda can have that crown. And then it's like, yeah, you know what? In this universe of things, uh, Hyrule is just England. And you're like, great. But there's a lot of really good women actors. Like you can get the you can get the Olsen girl, you can get one of the families. There's just lots of good actresses that I think can play that role given how much there is. Well, Link's an interesting one, because I think you do need a little bit of 
you need it to be a little bit lighthearted enough and a little ridiculous for the fact of like he doesn't speak. But it's kind of got to be like um, have to speak, right? Like there's Tom there's Hardy and play there. Yeah, Tom Hardy and Mad Max, right? Like Tom Hardy, what he says, yes. five lines in that whole movie. Yeah, it's like great. That's all much. you need. You yeah. need somebody who doesn't say much but has like gravitas when he says it. That's why Idris Elba would be a dope choice. Yeah, but yeah, no, he's <laughs> gonna make a great Ganon, really, because Ganon's one of the great the great villains, video game villains of all time. Oh yeah, he's um, he's horrifying. Yeah, he's yeah, great. It's great. So yeah, to me, I'm like pick pick him or pick yeah. There's lots of choices there. I mean, if Anthony Hopkins is still alive, let him be Ganon. <laughs> yeah. By the time this movie comes out. Um, he'll be, um, no, he'll be the king. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. every so often, every so often the king is in a Zelda game. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I think that's good, though. Like, again, they're making video game movies and television series because, you know, the last of, you know, we're out of the phase of, oh, we can't make video game movies anymore because they're always awful. We've surpassed that. No, video game movies are going to be the new comic book movies. Oh, absolutely! Watch out! Yeah, absolutely. Bolo, yeah. be on the lookout. Video game movies coming in hot, yeah. and they yeah, are yeah, going to be they're making, degrees of Video quality. games make so much money. Like you will not surprise me if there's a Grand Theft Auto video game in the next ten years. Not surprised movie. at all. I'll actually be shocked if it Grand Theft happen. Auto movie. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Like Maybe. I think there's going to be a Grand Theft Auto movie or a television series that's loosely based on it, but it's about you know carjacking and doing all this crazy stuff, and it's going to have it's going to be like Free Guy. But more mm-hmm. ridiculous, right? Like, or you know, more in the theme of Grand Theft Auto, ridiculous. That always has a pretty good story. The Grand Theft Auto yeah. games. So yeah, that's like again, video video game movies are all the rage. Um, all right, I watched three other things. All I right. watched Air last night. Yeah, right. Let's talk about that. Really, really liked it. I liked that right? movie a lot. I <laughs> How good great. is that movie? <laughs> yeah. It's great. And again, I, I'm yeah. not. You know, I, I watch enough sports. Right mm-hmm. to care about Michael Jordan. Obviously, Michael Jordan's a big part of every '90s kids, you know, early '90 kids' um, childhood because, again, he was the biggest athlete in America. And you know, the fact of you know Michael Jordan has transcended sports because of because of Nike because of that partnership between the two. Um, yeah, Viola Davis killed this movie. I think she should mm-hmm. be nominated for something for this. She was great. She was yep. great. Um, to me, she was the star of the film. Um, but again, like it's Matt Damon, it's been athlete, like it's a really great movie. Poor Jason Bateman just can't not be himself. But he's great. I feel bad for the guy because he does a really good job in the stuff that he's in, but he's just mm-hmm. Jason Bateman. Yeah. Well, like he okay. never pulled away from being like, I know who this is, but I'm gonna suspend my disbelief. I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's the guy who's like did the tape, it's Phil Knight. And it's Jason Payton. <laughs> I was just like, I never knew his character's name. Like you never, you just immediately just get distracted because he just, it's the mannerisms. It's the way that he talks that he just can't get rid of in a film yeah. where everyone else can kind of play into their character a little bit more. It's good seeing Chris Tucker and Marlon Wayne's back, back doing stuff again. That was fun. Um, this movie's yeah. great. If you haven't seen this movie, I highly recommend you watch it. It's a really good movie. It's, it's, it's yeah. got the whole arc of fun and you know the creative process of how a deal comes together it's got a bunch of good movie themes kind of jammed into one and i personally like the fact that you don't really hear you don't see michael jordan and Mm -hmm. and you hear him say hello (laughs) like twice yeah Yeah. did uh it was great yeah did you watch with alice she half watched it 
oh. as in she was in the room when I was watching it, but I don't think she was paying attention. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, I'm not, I'm not a basketball fan. Like, I, it bores the shit out of me, but I loved this movie. This is like one of the fastest two hour movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's really it's good. incredible. Ben, ben Affleck, how, how good, good director. Is. He, Ben Affleck is the shit as a director. Like, he really is. Argo, phenomenal movie. Love it. He's a better actor than, he's a better director than he is an actor, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And he, I think he kills it in this, as, as a supporting role. I think he nailed it. <laughs> like, Everybody did an amazing job. That guy and like the writing in it was so good as well. It was like uh, it was like I, I think I just said it before when I was talking about it. It's like a less pretentious Sorkin, you know? Yeah, it's good got point. that kind of quick wit. It's got that funniness, but it doesn't have this like ridiculous heightened yeah. level of fast some speeches, and I love some, Sorkin. You know, I love yeah. it. But then you got those lines that it's like, you know, those callbacks that are funny, like. Hey, why you're riding to work on a skateboard? What's that all about? Oh, I'm having a midlife crisis. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's like one of the funniest lines. Yeah, it was good. Lots of lots of eighties references. Yeah, lots of stuff that's again. I thought it was just really, really well done. This movie is really good. I like. I think that this will get some nomination nods. I really do. I hope so. I hope so. Um, I hope so. And again, it's sure, good. it's all. It's an Amazon film, so. It it made it made its theatrical release, but then immediately goes to kind of streaming platforms. So I don't know if as many people saw this as maybe traditionally would have in the past, right? Like I'm looking now, it was about a seventy to ninety million dollar budget, and it made about ninety million back, right? So you could consider this movie a, a box office failure. I'm going to put that in quotes because yeah, exactly. you don't have no idea what the streaming numbers have done for people watching this film, and that's why all the writers are striking because nobody knows, right? So why yeah. did this movie cost so much money? Is it all tax? Is it all the actors? There's no sets be, in this right? movie. I mean, Viola Davis ain't cheap. Although she does a lot of place. weird stuff. The whole movie takes place in one or like in like three locations. How was the yeah. 70? How was the 70 to 90 million dollars? What the hell did know. they pay for? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm kind of trying movie. to read Great the production movie. of this. Of It was written between 2021 it appeared on the blacklist under Air Jordan, which is interesting because the blacklist, if you don't know what the blacklist is, it's basically a list that I actually met the guy that started the blacklist at a conference a couple of years ago. But it's basically mm-hmm. a giant list of all of the screenplays that don't get picked up that are considered worthy, right? So like back in the day, it was like, hey, look, I'm going to get all the screenplays that Hollywood didn't pick up and I'll make a list of them so people can read them, right? So people can just have an interest of like, hey, there's really good writing happening. But it's not getting selected for Hollywood feature films, so I'm going to give you this list. And the problem mm-hmm. is, as everything, people start reading the list and go, man, there's awesome movies on the blacklist. These are great. And so, obviously, people start reading the blacklist and start picking up films, right? Um, the guy's name is Franklin Leonard, who started the blacklist. Um, okay. So, like, basically, the blacklist now has become kind of like this this list that that you want to be on. Because now there's a bunch of movies that get produced because they show up on the blacklist. Because someone reads it and goes, oh, this is cool. So, this is basically a blacklist movie. Um, so it appeared on the list and then somebody picked it up and this guy wrote this basically while he was watching the last dance. He goes, well, I'm going to make a, I should write a screenplay about, you know, the story of Michael Jordan and how the air Jordan brand was created. And then basically it gets picked up by, by Amazon, Amazon buys the script and then they start putting people towards it. So yeah, I'm assuming that, you know, it costs that much money in quotes because Amazon wants to show that it's spending big money on films. Did it need to cost this much? Probably not, but I'm sure that all the actors and people in this were able to command big salaries for this because Amazon is trying to get into feature film game. Right. So, yeah. I also like that. Um, Michael Jordan appeared to be involved, involved in the production. So, yeah, of course. 
yeah, which yeah. helps validate the the truth of it all. So oh, yeah, yeah. A, because yeah. anytime anytime Jordan again, like they kind of said in this, he changed the game of anytime my name shows up on something, I need to be involved. Mm-hmm. I need I need to see some money for this. So yeah, I'm assuming that's where some of that money went too. Like Jordan's was going, hey, you know, the biggest I'm still the biggest star in basketball, regardless of what you think. When you think of who's the greatest player of all time, my name shows up on a list. I need I need to be, you know, I need to be part of that. So yeah, it was cool. Again, this movie was great. I really enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it more than I thought it would. I thought it was going to be a little bit like Tetris, which was fun, but it's also kind of like, okay. Um, but this was much better Smart than Tetris, movie. I thought. This is great. Yeah. Cool. Um, cool. So I watched two other movies that you have not seen. Okay. I watched a movie called Reality. Do you, are you aware of what this film is? Nope. Wait, from 2014 or 2023? 2023. So Reality is a film. It's very short. It's not a very long HBO movie. movie. Oh. It's an HBO movie, and you can kind of consider this minutes. like I, I don't even think it was an hour. Was it like an hour and twenty minutes? Maybe eighty-two minutes. Yeah, eighty-two minutes. So basically, it's a, it's a drama film that is basically it started as a play, mm-hmm. and it started as a play of basically the the FBI interrogation of this woman named Reality Winner, which is an amazing name for someone. Um, of basically what happened when she leaked intelligence information about Russia, Russia's involvement in Donald Trump's election. Mm. Right. So basically the way that this film works is it's them actually like, it's them acting out the actual, like the recording of the transcript from the FBI as they approach the woman, as they ask her questions, as they're going through her day, of you know she's a she's an ex military person and she works for this and, and this and you know she's doing translation of of Farsi and other Middle Eastern languages for U.S. intelligence. So she has a certain level of intelligence clearance, and so she basically has access to reading all these re- intelligence reports and things. And so obviously they're kind of tracking what she's doing, and there and she was able to go through this stuff, and she was finding stuff based on this because she says. The whole time she's like, they, they just won't turn off Fox News in the office every day. It's just Fox News on all the time. And so as this stuff comes up, she gets so engrossed in it, she starts to find information, intelligence information, that there is, you know, that there is meddling with Russian interference in the United States elections. So mm-hmm. she leaks this information. And this is basically the transcript of the FBI coming to her home and interrogating her to... To, to get the information of, of what actually happened, of what she actually did, how she leaked this information. I thought it was a little slow, personally. Alice really liked this movie because it's really good. Like, from a drama standpoint, it feels like a play. It feels like you're watching Fences, in a way. <laughs> um, because oh. it kind of just takes place at her house. Because this mm-hmm. is like... And again, for me, it's just slow, right? Because it's like someone acting out like a play. Right. So it's like it's about the dialogue. It's about the pauses. It's about all those things. Right. Like it's something that I probably should watch again in in the mind state of realizing what it was. Like I watched this without knowing what it was. And then I was like, man, it's a little slow. Like, what are we doing? When do we get to the, you know, when do we get to the stuff? And yeah. then you come to find out like, oh, no, this is actually just real. Like this is them yeah. reenacting this as a real thing that has happened and the impact that it's had on everything that we just talked about between an hour and 20 and an hour and 30 minutes of this podcast. Um, so yeah, very interesting to watch. It's short. So if you've got an hour and 20 minutes to kill, I recommend you watch it because it's a, it's a good watch. And if you kind of know what it is, 
um, I think you maybe respected a little bit more than I did as I was watching it. Okay. Cool. So, yeah. And one last film that I watched, a movie called Marvelous in the Black Hole. Okay. So this is old old as in 2021? 2020. Uh, no, 2021. I'm getting 2021 mixed, mixed signals here between between IMDb and Google. They're arguing. Yeah, so it's 2021. This is another like hour and 20 minute movie. If you can tell, I'm looking for movies that I can watch. Get in and get out. Quick movies. Let's go. And oh. are you good? You should um, rewatch Blank Man. I think that's a short yeah. one. <laughs> I should. I think Blank Man's only an hour 20. Blank Man. Yeah, I made a Blank Man reference the other day. They did not know what the hell I was talking that, about. Like, that is the definition of a, a, a late era cult classic black exploitation film. Like, there's only so many of those that like happened in like the 80s and the 90s. Like, uh, the, the the Last Dragon is one of them for me, where people like don't know about that movie. And I'm like, Bruce Leroy, you don't know about Bruce Leroy and Show Nuff? Like, there's so many references to that made in popular culture that people just don't understand. Of like, oh, that was a that was a huge cult classic of Bruce Leroy. Um, so yeah, there's lots of films like that. Anyways, yeah. this movie anyway, Marvelous I, Black Sorry, Hole. I lied. It's an it's an hour thirty two minutes. Okay, Not well, sure. you know, extra ten minutes. Maybe maybe there's some credits and some after some comedy bloopers at the end. That's right. Um, so this movie is a little little strange. It's basically about a young woman, about a, a teenager who has lost her mother, and she ends up becoming friends with like this weird. Uh, eccentric magician and not like a actual like woo marvel doctor strange magic but like a like a child's musician like someone who goes to like schools and stuff and does magic Mm -hmm. and so like this girl is is just pissed the whole the whole movie she's just mad like her whole persona is she's just angry she's just so upset about everything obviously because you know lose your mother and you start acting out and doing all these things and you befriend this magician magician so I'm not watching this again, but I do think that this fits to a certain person, like a person coming of age story, a little bit of a comedy. It's got a little bit of a dark comedy in there. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm on the fence about this. I think from like a movie sake to watch, it reminds me of like Juno of those types of films where you're like, OK, there's kind of nothing that really happens. Like, yeah, there's kind of a development throughout the film. But at the end of the day, the person just kind of like learns to live with who they are and they just kind of become a little bit better. And that's kind of what it is. And you're just like, okay, this is a thing that happened and now I've watched it. Um, so yeah, not bad, but not necessarily something I'd recommend personally. But I think there's probably lots of people. If you want a good quick watch and you like watching, you know, a young Asian girl just be pissed the whole time and just mad at life and how she becomes less mad at life by meeting this magician. Mm. <laughs> then, well. then yeah, this is the film for you. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my uh, that's my uh, that's my uh, review. <laughs> Sorry, you kind of fizzled right. out there, but I'm like, I don't know what else to say. Um, yeah, I get it. Should, angry, angry should, Asian lady. Cool. Yeah, um, it's got Rhea Perlman in it. If you know who Rhea Perlman, she was married to Danny DeVito. That's uh, all I know about. Her. Okay, she's been in other well. stuff. She always shows up as like weird characters in movies, like kind of the. The, the the quirky older yeah, white woman. Her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Her. Yeah, you know, you know, you see her, you go, Oh, I know yeah. her, but you couldn't probably yeah, name yeah, what yeah. she's actually been because she's been in the industry for years. I just remember when Lois, she was married to Danny DeVito. That's all I remember. Lowest rated movie by Rhea Perlman, Canadian Bacon. Oh wow. Lowest rated. I'm surprised by that. That's another one of those classic little cult classics. Yeah, that one was weird. 
That was super weird. Yeah, I mean, Michael Moore's weird. The more and more that he's existed, the more that people realize, like, no, this guy's actually really strange. What? Michael Moore? Michael Moore. Can- Canadian Bacon? Oh, he yeah, directed right. It. He did direct. Oh, Jesus. I did not realize he directed yeah, yeah. this movie. That's, that, that's the one thing. I, before he got into documentaries and kind of yelling at people, that this is the movie. And maybe it's a Michigan thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Michael that, Moore, I that's, where, not, that's where I would have he came never on thought the, that's what he made. He made a goofy yeah. comedy movie with John Candy. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's, to me, that's what I know Michael Moore for more than any of the other sort of thought piece stuff that he's done. It's always Holy Canadian shit. bacon. <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fair enough. So yeah, anyways, um gonna try like so yeah, I'm gonna try to see Spider-Verse. I'm gonna try to see Fast Ten. Um couple other movies on my list to watch. So yeah, as I as I become less busy at work, start watching more movies. Get back yeah. into it. So well, let's do a let's do a quick Zelda check in. Where are you at? Yeah. So I am I think I'm at the thing that you started with. I'm in the fire temple with the big no, rock dude. I didn't I did oh, not do the there. fire temple yet. Nope. Oh, I I the, the, for some uh, reason, I thought you started there. Desert. The desert. Oh, you started that one. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's like um, I started the, the hardest one. Yeah, why did you start at that one? I don't know. It gave me a You're lot of options listening to go. To the and guy I was like, like, being like, hey, you should start over here. <laughs> uh, no. No, I okay. didn't. But I'm telling you, I'm kind of happy I did that the one that I did first because the reward you get for doing it is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. I think so now I'm, I'm just to... committed to going uh, clockwise. So I've yeah. But go ahead. No, that's I'll interesting. Tell you that I started. I'm going clockwise, but I started kind of at like ten o'clock. <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, I'm, that's where I am. I've got basically I'm at the part of the temple where you got to do like five things to open up the door, and so I've done like three of those things, and then I stopped because I kept getting frustrated because I kept falling into lava, and I was just like, I'm, I'm mm. done for tonight. Um, I did get I did get the auto build. I basically, as soon as you told me that, I like exited out of this temple <laughs> and then did that and then like got lost for a couple of days, like running around doing stuff in the underworld. And then I was like, all right, let me get back to finishing this thing to have two temples down and then I'll play around some more. So that's where I am. So not major changes, but I've done for some reason I've I've liked unlocking the map. I kind of kill time like, hey, let me go randomly sort of do stuff as I'm listening to a podcast is to go find those big light towers. And like go run across the map with a horse and then like jump over some mountains and do they basically do nothing but just try to unlock that part of the map and then come back to all the stuff later. All right. So that's how I'm killing time. But again, that's what's fun about this game, right? You can just basically spend like two hours going like, I'm going to go unlock this tower thing because why not? Because I don't feel like beating this boss. (laughs) So it's nice. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I did this morning. I've actually, so what I did today, so I'm over. I'm probably like approaching more 45 hours into this game now. I've only done two of the temples now. <laughs> After 45 hours. I've never played a game like this. I, yeah. I really haven't. Like, and what I mean is, I don't mean I've never played a game that's, that is like this. I mean, I've never played a game in this way. Yeah, yeah. Where you get sucked into it to this way. Where in, I'm just doing yeah. random shit. Like, for some reason, it's just really compelling. And like I'm underground and I'm like, I found a chest at the top that marked an X and I'm like banging my head against the wall. How do I get to this X underground? And then I end up doing this whole spiral thing that led me there. And the reward was the outfit was the uh, tunic from Twilight Princess. I was like, what? (laughs) That was cool. Completely useless, but cool. And uh, that's really what this game is. It's a bunch of useless, cool shit. And I love it. Like I, I've, Finally unlocked all the um, all the towers, 
like I was trying to get that so I could just show the whole map and yeah, see yeah, the that's what I just talked towers. about. That's what I was doing. That's yeah. what I was trying so I did to that. do. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that too. I got the last one earlier. Yeah. And now uh yeah, I'm just trying to get uh I don't even know. I don't I don't remember where I stopped. I'm just like, okay, well I did that. Now what do I do? I'm like, now I think I'm actually gonna try to make an effort to quote unquote finish the game. Yeah. But I'm still looking at other stuff. Like I can now got these fairies so they can upgrade my armor. I got there's I'm doing this quest for the stables. So I'm checking in all the stables that I already unlocked. And I've been doing every t- and I'm like every time you see one thing, it's like, oh my God, I just marked like three more of these shrines on the map. So I'm gonna do that. Like I I've done a terrible job even turning in my those shrine things for hearts. Yeah, like, again, again you, so you were telling me like, like you were telling me like, things. oh, you didn't do that, and I was like, yeah, because I just haven't had time. Like, I've got a bunch of things I can go exchange yeah. for hearts, but I've been running around doing other stuff. Again, this is it's this is the first time I've played a game, and I've actually thought I'm surprised this only took them six years to make. Actually, they did it in five, and they. I, but, but again, the, like, last, the fact that they like, can never say year. that when I was like, man, they did this really quick for as much crap as in this game. It feels like it should have taken them longer. Kind of like you're kind of expecting from Grand Theft Auto 6 to be this level of immersive of stuff to do. Right? Like just going like, man, it's taking you guys a long time. You guys must really be putting a ton of crap into this game. And then this pops out and I'm like, man, this seems, it only took them six years or five years, however long it took. I was like, man, this seems like there's a lot. Like, because you're right. You just get lost until you're like, oh, here's a thing. And then I always have to stop and go like, oh, do I actually want to do this? And you get into yeah. it and you look up and you're like, oh, that was two hours. <laughs> I've <laughs> never like, Yeah. I, I don't I don't think there's been another game that is more definitively adventure feeling. Like when you yes. think of an adventure game, like this game makes you feel like you're on an adventure, which is one of the coolest feelings ever. Yeah. Like I love it. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Again, shit. this is this is I think this is gonna win all the awards. <laughs> oh, it's not even close. Like I'm listening yeah. to podcasts that are like, we should just have an award that's like game of the year that's not Zelda. <laughs> yeah, they, basically. Yeah, yeah, like let's do. I mean, people joked about that avatar. Like, how do we do best with without including that? Just have a category without that movie in it and see who wins, because that's the more interesting thing. Because like it's a lock. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think I'm gonna still be playing this game by the time we see each other in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I thought I'd be done with it by then, but I'm not so sure. I, I it's like yeah. it's so good. It's all I want to do. I guess it's gonna be dependent on what happens tomorrow. Like maybe I will slow down my play and start playing something on Xbox at home because tomorrow is the showcase. So I'm sure there's going to be some available now things that could be pretty cool on Xbox that I'll want to check out. But I'm like, be on the lookout tomorrow morning when you wake up, check in and see all the stuff that Xbox has announced because they're kind of I think some big stuff is going to happen. Persona 3 remake. They just announced they accidentally leaked that in the most ridiculous way possible. So that's funny. Um, and meaning that Atlas themselves accidentally tweeted or posted the trailer for Persona 3 Remake and a new Persona 5 Tactics game on their Instagram feed. <laughs> hmm. And then quickly deleted it, but it's very much available. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, again, lots of stuff to play. But playing this, like I want to I want to buy Diablo and play it. But yeah. I'm like, why? <laughs> I can just wait. So, yeah. Well, I, I have not played Diablo. I'm interested, but I don't know when the hell I'll ever play it. Probably never. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not a you thing. I, I, I know the type of games you like. This ain't one of them. No, I, I would actually love to play that on my Switch. I'd be down because I like I like an action RPG. Why not? That'd be great. It's not come. It's never coming to Switch, though. Uh, Well, uh, Diablo 3 came to Switch. Oh, uh, did it? Okay, so maybe well, but yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, see man. it happening at least not within the next six months. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, look, this is the length of this is longer than any movie I watched this weekend. So uh, let's wrap this up. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Well, he's abroad.com. Go there. Check it out. Find the link. Subscribe. Tell your friends. All that stuff. Uh, should be able to record next week. I don't see a reason why not. Things be winding down. Uh, oh, wait, that's actually not true. I don't think I'll be able to record next week because I have a friend in town. Well, so, there you go, people. You got two two-hour episodes in back-to-back weeks. So yeah, that's enough. So we'll content do one to more. Over. Yeah, we'll do one more in a couple weeks uh, before we before we go on our grand adventure, and yeah. uh, and we could talk a little bit more about that then. All right, cool. And until Sounds then, ah, uh, shuck it, duck it now.